0: Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 104. We're back after, um... Two weeks? Something like two that, weeks, yeah. Maybe three weeks break? mm mm-hmm. um, Well, in theory, this will come out... I don't know, Monday, whenever the fuck it yeah, yeah. is. Let's call it the eighth. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, it's been a bit since uh, you guys have heard from us, and, you know, sometimes that's just how she goes. We've uh, been doing some Christmassy stuff. Another holiday stuff. Um. Nice. And yeah, Chase is still doing the holiday stuff. So uh he's not here. Um Not that so good enough,
1: man.
0: Yeah, this is a podcast yeah. where we all shit, uh, shit on Chase while he's gone. And um Oh, my voice is super quiet on my recording. I'm going to up my gain real quick. Uh and yeah, so we've got Blake taking up uh Chase's spot. And yeah, very rambly. Sorry, I'm still trying to
2: fix my audio on my end without stopping the podcast. No, that, that's good, because yeah. you're quiet on my end as well, so I'm now turning you down in Discord as oh, you turn oh, up oh, your okay. mic. okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, here we are. I think we're
0: I think we're back on track. I might end up being slightly loud right now, but, like, fuck it. I'm the most important voice on the podcast <laughs> anyway. So if I'm a bit loud, that's how she goes. Um, it's but- a shame
1: my 2 didn't work out. <laughs> to Kick off ch- ch- cast from the podcast. Yeah, well, wait, I just couldn't dedicate back. myself to being a jetman.
0: Mm. I've actually played a lot more Cypher as of late, but
2: yeah, it's wild how I much has been playing Cypher.
0: Yeah, but the games that I do pick up the jet, like I've kind of been going off, and I've kind of been feeling good. Um, I know we're talking some Bauer and stuff here before we've gone through our drinks, but I right when I got back from spending a week in Nelson with Chase. Uh I was like six drinks in after hanging out with uh some people here right when I got back. And Chase is like, yo, like jump on, let's play a game.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: all right, fine. Uh and so we we get into a lobby and somebody instalocks Cypher. And I'm like, well shit, I haven't played Valorant in like two weeks. But like fuck it, guess I'm going jet. Mm-hmm. Um and actually did really well in the jet. So nice. Also, the team was just, like, working so well. Like, I would come as I was, like, getting ready to, like, dash an entry and just be like, all right, like, hey, Sky, can you flash over this wall? And, like, if your Sky doesn't flash anything, I'm running knife out, I'm priming dash, and I'm just fucking going into site. Uh, and there were people right behind me, like, with me going out to sight. It, it was, it worked out so well. We kind of dusted yeah. the other team. That's cool. There's
1: those, like, games where it's, like, it feels like a miracle and like classical music's playing in the background. When you're watching your sight hits back mm, in your brain, yeah. you're like, Oh yes. <laughs> Teams that actually communicate. What is oh, my yeah. life?
0: Yeah.
1: And then you get the next one where it's just full of no commerce or people mm-hmm. who were just like, um, why don't you guys follow me after yeah. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. when they don't communicate at all. And you're just like, mm. Okay, good. And guess. then you
2: also get the people, the uh, uh, 14-year-olds who are all, like, moaning and doing the weirdest things mm-hmm. all game. Yeah. I am mean, definitely guilty of that sometimes, and, like, it's
0: like, oh, fuck, well, like... The moaning during games? I don't no, think I no, no not moaning during
2: games.
1: Like, <laughs> you were a barker. Uh, no, 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 I was just like,
0: <laughs> oh, like, I pop, I, I primed my dash already. Yeah. Like, I gotta go, and I gotta go now. And, like, obviously if I'm not doing a good job of calming that to the rest of my team, it's not like they know exactly where my dash timer right. is at or my dash timer. I mean, and it's like, well shit, either I go now or I'm not going at all. So I'm going now. And yep. then nobody fucking follows me up and I'm like, God damn it. Motherfuckers.
1: Mm-hmm. How dare you not read my mind? Well, it's just like, Oh, calm. Like I'm going in <laughs> yeah.
0: like right before I go in and then nobody does anything about it. And it's like, yeah, okay. I guess I didn't give you guys enough heads up, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. At any rate, we, we got some drinks to go over. Um, I'm going to kick us off here because uh, I'm making use of Chase's uh, Christmas gift that he got me. There are um, two glasses. One of them is Blackcomb, which is this one right there.
2: Do mountain kind of
0: on the bottom. This one is Lake Louise. He originally got me Blackcomb and Whistler, but in us drinking and hanging out at his place prior to Christmas, he kicked it over and broke Whistler. Oh no! And so he went to the store and got Lake Louise because um, apparently they only sell Black Home and Whistler in the two pack. Um,
2: Unfortunate.
0: Uh, okay, so I got I got a couple drinks I'm bringing to the uh, stage here. This one's this one's for Blake because he's out of Kentucky. Uh, I yep. got some Woodford Reserve. Hell yeah! So I'm gonna drink some of that.
1: Solid bottle. I had plenty of that during New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah. Uh, bourbon's and- flowing
1: New Year's Eve in Kentucky. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: One I would assume. It. And then I've got some, and I'm not really going to like this too much, but uh, I've got some Casamigos Reposado tequila. You're drinking which, tequila uh,
2: on the podcast Chase Isn't Here? Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> this, uh, this bottle was given to me by one of the members at the golf course for <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Um, oh, man. Word on the street is, it's actually
2: pretty nice. I can't believe you would drink this oh, no, Chase Isn't the Here. here. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> I got a bit of that,
0: and then also next to me, I have a Fat Tug IPA, which I'm sure has been talked about on the pod before. Yeah. Go listen back to,
2: well, in fact, just go listen back to all of our podcasts. We could use the, uh, use we could the use button, the metrics. Yeah. We, we need to get, yeah, get our, our uh, downloads per week up after taking two weeks off. Yeah. And then I got I mean... a few, um uh what's it called i got a few runners in the fridge i'll be breaking into after
1: yeah what i didn't tell you is I'm that sure he's
2: mixing good. all of those together he's not having yeah. them separately <laughs>
1: i mean he's two sevenths of the way to an lit already just keep on going
0: <laughs> right. so yeah we'll be i'm having a bit of a all over the place sampler today mm, beautiful yeah Blade. what do you got
1: okay so um I have a beer as a backup, too, because there's no way in hell I'm drinking a lot of this, because it's really nice. Uh, it's it's a bottle of bourbon called Booker's. Um, we are only able to get, like, one at the store when we got it. Uh, it's really strong, really good. It's 128 proof. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So... 64%. Yeah, or 63.9, but... Okay. Uh, you a hold of the bottle? Oh uh, uh, Yeah, this is what it looks like. Oh. Mm. It came Very in, cool. like, a wooden box, too. I
0: feel like... Oh, with the wax seal as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not, like, a maker's wax seal, because they've, like, <laughs> copyrighted that. Okay. Uh, but, like, a black wax seal that's, like, not drippy is fair game. Who uh, the heck do you copyright best...
2: a wax seal? That's, like, ancient
1: technology. Well, it's more like the... <laughs> the whole the, look of like yeah. the and everything like right. that too like that's very entwined with maker's mark brand That's wild. i mean you can you can copyright it everything like if it's like distinct yeah. enough in their opinion but I, uh also yeah it's maker's really Mark's nice to
0: have really good lawyers
1: oh yeah that does make a difference really sure. big um, well actually uh one of my best friends he worked on a bottle called king of kentucky which he got me free of it um Actually, they have like the same black wax seal, and that stuff is also really strong and really expensive. I went to a nice restaurant recently, I saw it for like 130 a shot.
0: What <laughs> damn heck?
1: Yeah, That's I mean, bourbon can be crazy. Oh, yeah. I gotta say,
0: I don't like tequila, but this stuff isn't that bad.
1: Yeah, Casamigos is all right. And then my well, backup. I, I've never
0: had their original one. This one's the Classe Reposado. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. So. And then my backup is a beer called Rheingeis Truth. It's a it's an IPA from Cincinnati. Pretty good, hmm. but pretty okay. run of the mill. Like,
0: the standard IPA? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty standard. I mean, like, they, they sell them at, like, Costco in, like, big packs of, like, 30 or whatever. Oh, too. okay. So, like, it's, actually kind of... it's big regionally. Yeah.
0: That's kind of nice that you can get a large pack of IPAs, because that's, like, at least, as far as I've been aware, never really been a thing.
1: Well, it's At actually, like, me. a a half-and-half half pack. It's, like, 16 of, like, their standard Truths, and then, like, there's, like, a hazy version of it that they have, like, in the other half of it.
0: Oh, that sounds so even
1: better. I like the hazy better, Yeah, but mm-hmm. having both as an option is nice. It was called Truth? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's that's interesting, because there's a very iconic IPA on the East Coast by Flying Dog called The Truth, which you'll also see everywhere. So I guess There should be a true showdown at some point. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. It's it's not. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very hoppy, and that's basically it. And I don't love the hops. At least that was my impression like years ago. Maybe I'll like it better. Maybe my taste has evolved. We'll see.
1: I'd say this one's very hoppy too. And I mean, it's all right. Getting like a 30 pack of like half hazy, half normal. Mm
2: Yeah. Instead of getting like
1: a 30 pack of Coors Light or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was saying. That
0: seems awesome that Mm -hmm. you can do that.
1: Mm -hmm. Because
0: if I go to the store and I want a large pack of beer, I'm resigned to buying, well, basically Canadian equivalents to like Budweiser or PBR. Or I I guess I could get Budweiser PBR, but they're just going to be more expensive than if I just got
2: the Canadian version of it. Imagine uh, a uh, thirty pack of uh, Dead of Night. Oh, dude, that would yeah, be all. scary how quickly that would disappear. If I, had I mean, knowledge. you're
1: just getting Cass way too excited right now. Yeah. We need to we need to wait for that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Hunter, what um, are you drinking?
2: Uh, well, first of all, I, I don't know if you remember the podcast where we talked about Dead of Night, but it's like a special version of an already great beer from Backcountry out by Cass. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and when I was out there, uh, Cass actually phoned a friend who had one sitting around, even though it wasn't currently being sold by the brewery, and uh, got it for me to try, which I greatly appreciated, and it was very much as good as advertised. Despite all the hype, it was
1: not overhype. <laughs> Just yeah. had my first sip of this bourbon. Holy fuck, it's so strong. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> like, it That's, kind of like evaporates as it's going yeah. down. You're like, oh, oh. my God. Yeah, I, it tastes good.
2: Yeah, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but even though I have had plenty of alcohol at this point, including a decent amount of like liquor, I'm not very good at, at drinking like strong shit without coughing. <laughs> it's a problem. God, when I was That's in. When I was out in Nelson,
0: I was playing. Uh, I was playing some cribbage with Chase's dad, and he stood up to make himself another Caesar. And he's like, "Hey Cass, I like, need another drink." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'm here for another one." Uh, and so I give him my glass. It's like you know, standard rocks glass. Uh, and he comes back and hands me like a, a full glass. It's got like two ice cubes in it and like full to the almost to the rim. Uh, and I, I assume it's whiskey ginger. That been he bought a massive bottle of Basil Hayden's and there was a bunch of ginger ale in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take a sip, and nope, it's just straight Basil Hayden's.
1: <laughs> oh, I was man. just like,
0: oh, fuck, like, <laughs> this is going to do me in for tonight. <laughs> yeah,
1: speaking <laughs> oh, of Basil man. Hayden's cask, have you had the wine cask finish version of Basil Hayden's? No, I haven't. It's really good. I I like huh. it more than Angel's Envy, because like, Basil okay. Hayden's is like a pretty good, pretty standard, or a <laughs> good, higher standard bourbon. but Yeah. It kind of adds that nice tinge finish to it. Okay. So I I'd recommend it if you see it, but I'm yeah, guessing sure. it's probably even more expensive in uh, Canada. I'd
0: I'd give it a go though. Like I I do really like Basil Hayden's. Um, and like when we were in uh like under the Airbnb we're staying at in Nelson, there's um a barbecue place. Uh, it's like half barbecue, like half whiskey bar. Um, and so while we were there. Again, Chase's dad's like, hey, like, I'm picking up the bill, kind of go ham. Um, Chase and I did, like, a sampler of a lunch of uh, Old Fashions. Which, it turns out, his dad was sitting at the other end of the table, and his dad did the same thing. Um, So we went through, like, a few Old Fashions, just, like, alternating which, um, which whiskey we got in there. And so, like, Chase started off with, I think he went with either a Woodford or a Knob Creek. And then I got the Angel's Envy. Um, and it was interesting because, like, I took a sip of mine and then took a sip of his, and he did the same, and we both liked our picks more. (laughs) And, like, I, like, I know I like Angel's Envy, um, but, like, you know, I, I I just thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, like, we both picked one, went with it, and we're both just like, yeah, no, I'm glad that I got the one that I got.
1: Have you had the Angel's Envy Rye ever?
0: No, because, like, I'm not a huge fan of Rye. My dad really likes the Angel's Envy Rye.
1: It but doesn't taste like rye to me, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so. Like,
0: uh, I mean, I'd I'd be down to give it a go. But like, my it's dad in general doesn't good. really like bourbon because he finds it too sweet. Mm. Um, And if he's going for a sweeter alcohol, he likes his rum. But uh, so my dad really likes rye. And so he was telling me about that when I when I went home, I was trying to source a bottle of Angel's Envy from somewhere because it's. Well, you didn't used to be able to get in Canada. Now you can, but it's pretty fucking expensive up here uh, compared to in the States. Um, and so I was trying to get a bottle, and my dad's just like, oh, God, like, dude, get the rye. Like, I was like, no, I don't, I don't like rye.
1: <laughs> Bro, the At rye's least, like you know, 90 bucks, bourbon. though. So...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like like the just not be
1: standard is like 40, and then... Yeah, it's uh, like 40. And then the rye's like 90 bucks, and I'm like... I, I like both of them. I think I like the rye more, but it's not worth the $50 increase mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. what I'm going to get.
0: Well, the, the other thing is, that like Canada is known for its rye, and so, like, if I'm going to get a good rye at, like, good value, like, I'm getting a Canadian one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, also, yeah, like, a bottle of Angel's Envy up here in Canada is, like, 75 80 bucks.
1: 80 CAD or USD? CAD. But, like... Okay. But still, that's but still. like sixty bucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's more expensive than I feel like it should be. I feel like getting a bottle of Angel's Envy should be in line with me getting a bottle of Bullet.
1: Mm. I'd say it's a little bit more because it's more here, even. Uh, but okay, I I can I can see that. I don't okay, know sure. Then Bullet maybe maybe in like line with me getting twenty five dollars more. Yeah, or like... like
0: I mean, the bottle of Woodford Reserve that I got was more than the Bullet, but like. You know, not by a significant amount, and I feel like that's kinda of where Angel's Envy should lie then.
1: You know Bo- or like a bottle of bullets like twenty-five here and then like I think Angel's Envy is like 35, 40.
0: Fuck dude, so... bullets twenty-five? Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'd it's... drink so much more bullet if it was twenty five. I mean, bro, I'm eating good yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I think I
2: think it's at least thirty here in Maryland, but I I haven't checked in a while.
1: I could be talking out of my ass, Well, too. no, I mean, I, I wouldn't like, be surprised if like it's cheaper
2: closer <laughs> to the source, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I think yeah. it's like
2: 40,
0: 40 to $45 pre tax CAD out here.
1: Okay. Well, it's actually kind of interesting when it comes to bourbon stuff. Uh, I think our standard bourbons are definitely cheaper, but because everyone here knows, like, what a good bourbon is, it's more expensive to get... Good bourbon, lots of times here, than it is like in other places in the states, because uh, like think it. about it, it's like if you're in a if you're in a place full of collectors, it's going to be more than a place where no one yeah. knows what they're talking.
0: Yeah, is yeah, about. yeah, yeah. I see that. What's like the most? All right, okay, what do you like? If you were to go to a bar, what are they using for rail?
1: Uh, like Jim Beam stuff like that. I mean, okay, pretty then... pretty standard stuff.
0: And then what's your kind of, like, a bottom of the, or, I guess, what's, like, the lowest, like, or most reasonably priced, like, sort of higher-end one you could go for out there?
1: I mean, I don't even know, because the thing is, there's so many different ones that you kind of are down to try or down to have, like, in different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Makers is always okay. It's a pretty sweet one. So, yep. like, it's better with, like, a ginger ale or something like that, or a ginger beer. It's pretty good <laughs> in Kentucky mules. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it depends on what you really want. Uh, Turkey Hill's pretty good. Uh, it's just very funny Trace's to me to hear these
2: being discussed as, like, rail-quality liquors. Because oh, I they're the gonna... rail-quality. No, no, okay, no. I, I said above rail. Above Oh, rail. oh above yeah. rail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Buffalo Trace, believe me, is not rail. It is, yeah. like, extremely hard to get because – Everything really? from the people who make Buffalo Trace is super hard to get right now. They make really? uh, they make Blanton's, Eagle Rare, uh, E. H. Taylor. All these are really hard bottles to get. You even go to the distillery and you can like buy like one or two bottles a person. You like go there at nine a.m. when they open mm-hmm. to get them at like actual price.
0: I-, I really like Buffalo Trace.
1: It's a it's a it's a solid bottle.
0: Yeah, and like it's, it's- not. Stupid expensive out here either,
1: compared I mean, it, to
0: some of the other things.
1: Yeah, it's not unreasonable here either, but it's just like that whole company. Their name Sazerac. They just have very, very low quantity. They're mm. they're playing the uh, the hypebeast game with bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They they also own Pappy Van Winkle, which is like the oh the yeah. quintessential high bar bourbon, which mm. is. I've never had it, but like from everything I've heard it like it's good, but it's not it's it's not yeah. like two tiers above everything like everyone right. makes it out to be. I
0: I I've had it I've had a glass before. It's yeah, don't get me wrong, it's very good, but I don't think it often deserves the price tag it's at. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, supreme um, bourbon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hunter. You did say what you were drinking, and I totally no, uh, I didn't. That. I haven't said what I'm oh. drinking. <laughs> oh
1: shit! Oh. <laughs> we're having the longest preamble. <laughs> yeah, it really is.
2: Yeah,
1: and we have a lot to talk about. We do. This we time.
2: do. Okay. Well, mine is fairly quick. So it is a very cool can. This is the Sick Ride by uh, Wico Street uh, Brewing, and the idea is it's like you're in a video game selecting your vehicle. So you see, have like all the stats of the car. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it Mine's says like Rocket at the bottom. After this. What'd you say?
1: some rocket league after this oh
2: hell no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> i i deliberately didn't crack it because i wanted to be able to show off the full can mm. this is a uh fruited sour double ipa it's clocking in at 8.5 um oh, yeah. it has... what? what it's a fruited sour double ipa yes that's okay
0: that's interesting that's not a You you said this was going to be quick. I thought you had a run-of-the-mill beer.
2: Oh, no, it's not run-of-the-mill. It's just that I don't have, like, a ton to say about it besides the fact that it's a very solid beer. Um, It has flavors of mango, toasted coconut, vanilla bean, and milk sugar. I would say the vanilla bean and milk sugar are very subtle. Like, if you would have asked me if there's any lactose in it, I would not have said yes. Oh, you've had this before. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, okay, got um, it. Cuz the can was unopened. so I, I No, other cans
2: have, have been opened, just not this okay. one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very much a punch you in the mouth kind of beer, which I very much like. It's incredibly bright and sour. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good. Hmm. Um, a very nice like complexity to it as well. Like I would definitely say this is one of one of my top 5 sours of the year. Or I guess, sour I'm not even sure if it is a sour, interesting. It's, a, yeah. Yeah. it's like a sour hybrid, which uh-huh. adds adds to that depth, like I was saying. Does so it, it, is it really hoppy? Cool. I would say that, yeah, you, you do get a bit of the hops along oh. with the initial sour hit when you sip it.
0: Yeah, I've had
2: some,
0: mm-hmm. I've had some like hoppy sours before, and I don't really like them that much. Would it that a sour
1: more, Cause, for sure.
0: Okay. Because, yeah, like I've had beers that are like listed under that hybrid of like IPA to sour. And it's like yeah. I'd prefer to just have an IPA or just
2: have a sour. Yeah, I think they really hit hit this out of the park in terms mm-hmm. of the blend. Like, I, I can't say if you no. would like it, but it doesn't taste yeah. like some sort of weird mashup. Like, if you it, like, I might not have even picked out that it's both an IPA and a sour. I'd just be like, oh, I wonder mm-hmm. what this is. I, or I, I mean, I it. it sounds like something I would definitely get. Yeah. With you.
1: Yeah, Hunter, if you give me more notice than two hours next time, I can get some interesting beers. <laughs> oh, <from> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
0: okay, that was actually mostly my fault, because it was between <laughs> tonight or tomorrow. Right, and, and I was leaning
1: towards tomorrow. but
2: Yeah, like, yeah Hunter's leaning, leaning towards tonight. tomorrow, and I'm like, ooh, tomorrow doesn't work so well for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't
0: good,
1: do a whole lot of... Me, but, you know... Yeah, <laughs> we...
2: Yeah. we didn't do a whole lot of planning for this one. Oh, yeah, and also, like, good, I mentioned good. the cast that you might have to hop out at some point. That's oh,
1: no, I'm game. good, uh... I mentioned Rocket League because my my buddies are playing it, and right now there's too many people to play it reasonably right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, we go late anyways, so we're good. We yeah. If
0: you gotta hop out, just hop out. No worries.
1: Okay. Um, I'll I'll bring a beer for when we're doing our esports preview episode. No, uh, so nice. The
0: the first thing we're gonna kick off with here is the good old outlaw. Ooh. Ooh, it, baby. Uh, it's it's for those of you who aren't aware. We talked about this in an earlier podcast when it first got leaked, but now we've
1: got some numbers. We had a lot of seen... speculation before.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure we've seen. Well, at least I've seen some gameplay. I know Hunter's seen some gameplay. Blade, have I've you seen, seen that gameplay? Yeah. I've seen okay, plenty. Okay, so no. we've all we've all seen some gameplay on it now. We can actually make some more realistic takes on this. Um, okay, but just a little bit of background information. I know I'm stealing Hunter's job at the moment here, I'll, but it comes. I'm in, loving it. Go ahead. It comes in pre-release. Again, the gun isn't out yet, so all these things are slightly subject to change, but uh, 2,400 credits, um, sits in between the marshal and the operator, has two bullets in the mag, which can be fired off pretty quickly, similar to a shorty, Um, and does, I want to say, 238 to the head, 140 to the body. And one nineteen to the leg,
2: yep, and also significantly, so it yeah. has high pen, so it does one twenty five to the body through a wall,
0: oh yeah, it has like odin level penetration values,, Spam yeah, it um,
1: off, but you're not spamming it off through a wall, yeah, <laughs> and you shouldn't uh, do this one either. I just think people are
2: or well, okay, I've seen it. It. there, there are a couple... times when it will be relevant though. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen a real. couple times
0: yeah. when like it's been relevant in terms of like if someone's jump peeking you and you tag yeah. them, you can hit the second one through the through the corner of that that wall or whatever. But we'll 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 get to some of that stuff later.
1: Um, Wait, before we get into like our thoughts and everything, mm-hmm. I just want to say that Valorant did a really good job on the sound. It oh, is yeah. like a perfect mix of like or. Er, I feel like everything to do is pretty intentional, which is, like, what I appreciate about the game. But it's, like, the the Marshall sounds good. It's kind of like a crack. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the outlaw is kind of like a mix between the two. And then, like, the op is like a, a thum or whatever. <laughs> so kind yeah. of, like, easily differentiated, but, like, all are still satisfying in their own ways.
2: Oh, it's a badass gun. The, the style oh, yeah. points of using an outlaw are going to be off the charts. Mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. Okay, but so let
0: me let me give my take on this first here. Um, am I going to use this gun? Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think it sits in the realm of it's a gun for people who like to play Valorant the way that I do, especially when I'm playing Jet Toss Chamber. Um, but I will also come out and say I think people are somewhat overrating this gun. I don't think it's going to be as busted as some content creators are making it out to be, and, like, I think it does properly fill a niche of in-between level sniper that didn't previously exist in the game, and like, again, I could see it getting either nerfed or side-graded in certain ways, and still fit that niche, but I think it's a gun that will perform very well on Jet Slash Chamber, but not so well on the other agents, which has been somewhat of a meta shift that we've seen, where, like, we've seen other agents pick up the AWP. And, like, if you're good with a Marshall, we've seen other agents pick up a Marshall. Because I think, at the price point, the Marshall is fucking phenomenal. But I don't think this is a gun that should be picked up by other agents routinely.
1: I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with Cass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Hunter, if you want to give your dissenting opinions, you might have changed more since we last kind of... Did a little bit of back and forth on the Discord. Join the Discord, by the way. Yes. Dude, your plugs for you as uh, you, the you. half-guest. Uh, yes.
2: You'll see me spoil my takes early, frequently, when something yeah. that I really care about happens in the Discord.
1: Um, so I'll let you go first, and then I can kind of, like, respond to it, and then... Uh, kind of get the back and forth going. I,
2: I see. Blake is taking the smart debating strategy of setting yourself up to go last. I, I, I see how it is. <laughs>
1: anyway, on um, my cards and just waiting. <laughs>
2: right. <Yeah>. So according <laughs> to
1: He's my sources reverse,
0: reverse
2: in his hand, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I got multiple. I'm ready to reverse. that reverse. Um, but yeah, I, I am coming out swinging and saying that I think this gun is going to be very good to the point of needing a nerf. Um, I love how different it is, which does make the evaluation of its power a little bit interesting. Because you know, in some ways it's more like an op, in some ways it's more like a marshal, and then it has theoretically, while you have well, while you have bullets, uh, slugs, I guess, in the weapon, it is far better than an op or a marshal at close range. However, the big catch with this gun is that it only fires two shots. And then you have to reload, and the reload is pretty long to pull out the two shells and then, you know, put two mm-hmm. new ones in. So, whereas an op, uh, basically, uh, you, punish, uh, you punish a marshal by getting close to the person using the marshal. You punish an op either by getting close to them or by swinging them in between shots when they're moving very slowly if you get the right angle on them. Or, yeah, uh, just baiting out shots. Right, right, baiting out shots and then, uh, you know, swinging while they can't shoot again. Whereas this gun is somewhat immune to both of those, in that it can fire the second shot so quickly and at close range, it, the no scope is pretty darn accurate. Um, yeah, it's it, not martial level accuracy, though. I don't know about that. That was what no, the no, initial I, I, leak was. The initial leak.
0: Good. Sorry, I've seen someone test it out in the range. Okay. And at ten meters, it's fairly reliable on the two tap. Outside of ten
2: meters. Like, you're, you're praying. Yeah, but, like, uh, okay, so my, my impression was that it wasn't as good as the Marshall, but it sounds like you, you know more than me from seeing this video mm-hmm. that I haven't seen, so I'll take your word for that. But the other key thing to consider is that with the Marshall, you're only doing 101 to the body, and then you need to fire again after a much longer delay. Whereas, like, the yeah. two-tap, like you're saying, is where the strength of this gun is, and the fact that you can center of mass... To make the accuracy less of a problem rather than having to go for the head with a marshal if you think someone's likely to be fully armored um, that that definitely makes it more formidable. however, there is of course the big drawback that once you fire those two shots, if someone else is swinging, now you're dead whereas well, also yeah
0: with a marshal there's a good chance I got two I got two locked and loaded with this gun there's a decent chance i've fired one already. Yeah, I guess it depends. On I the need I need both, right? It's one thing if there's a smoke and I'm trying to play around a smoke that's kind of up close, and then you pop out yeah. of the smoke and I've got two locked and loaded, ready to go. And like I've said, given the video that I saw outside of ten meters, it's uh, yeah, like you're you're. You're you're praying to hit to hit both at that point, or just for one of them to hit the head. Um, yeah, and it's not very reliable outside of ten meters.
2: It, yeah, um, you said something in there, Cass, that uh, was some a key point of our discussion and everyone's discussion before, but we mm-hmm. haven't really addressed yet on this podcast, which is that this gun seems to be introduced to combat the light shields meta because if they are running light shields, you only need one of the shots to hit. Oh, close sure. range. yes. Um, but then yeah. Like, and like I'm sure we'll get to that in more in
0: depth later but like i I feel like the big thing is yeah like the mag size is a huge fucking drawback to
2: it and That's like, the single biggest drawback of the gun yeah
0: right and as you're saying in that scenario right say it is more or it's reliable enough and I have both in the mag and I get my two tap off um and get that kill like i I feel like it's a gun that I'm good for one, probably. But I, I, unless you're playing in a certain manner around that and people aren't respecting it very much or whatever, but like in the up-close kind of scenario that you're talking about, it's like, I'm good for one. And for 2,400 credits, I don't know if I'm good for one is good enough.
2: Like a Guardian is that price point. And with it's the Guardian, I'm not trying Guardian. to be good for one. Yeah, yeah. The Guardian. I looked it up. The Guardian is uh twenty two fifty. So this is one hundred fifty okay. more than so, yeah, a Guardian.
0: It's more than a Guardian. And even when I buy a Guardian, I'm not trying to be like a. I'm good for one. If I was
2: trying to be good for one, I would have bought a fucking shorty. Well, I, I think it depends on where you want to play on
1: the map. Obviously, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yes,
2: granted. <laughs> but like, yeah, well, if yeah. I'm good for
1: one, I just like to rely on my classic right click. <laughs> <three-gon,
2: laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, let's oh, go. Yeah. You know, I've said many times on the podcast, yeah. I think click is yeah. too good. Okay, I don't think it's a gun that you can realistically go in and being like, oh, I'm going
0: to buy this and be good for one. I feel like that's just not good enough for
2: how much money it costs. Well, well, now that you mentioning that, I think is is a great point because it really leads me into me uh, propagandizing on behalf of the outlaw. I've kind of been, been setting the stage a little bit, but now time to get into why I think it's so good that. I think that there's a lot of things mechanically that people are perhaps not considering that you'll be able to do with the outlaw differently than, a, than the operator and the marshal. And that's that with the the marshal or the op, both of them have a significantly longer time between shots than the outlaw, obviously the marshal much less. But the, the rhythm of things is that if you're peaking a long angle, you have to you know take your first shot and then whether that hits or misses you are typically going to, unless you're confident there's not an immediate person swinging after that, move to the side while your bolt cycles and then either hold that new angle or swing out again after your bolt has cycled. Whereas with this gun, um, you have the potential to make a much smaller adjustment and be able to fire again. So you're so much harder to punish after taking the first shot than the other two guns. Because the pre-aim... You can basically just move slightly so that the pre-aim is off, and then be immediately ready to fire again. And, assuming the same person is coming first, that you, you, know, you hit... Let's assume you hit a body shot with the first shot, they have full shields. You can move slightly, and then the minute you see an elbow, pop that, and now you got the kill. And you can be moving back towards cover the whole time. Like, the thing with the martial or the op is, uh, unless you unless you just completely fall back to hold... Uh, angle that they have to push into if you're going to re-peek with a Marshall or an Op. Basically, basically what I'm trying to say is like the timing of those guns. If someone is, so you, you take a shot, you go back to cover and now you have to swing fully back out again. Now the sight picture has completely changed uh, when you're swinging back out again. There, there's a lot of movement that could have happened of the enemies. Whereas sure. with this gun, you take the first shot, you just take one step to the side and you're ready to go on the next one. You ha- you don't have to reestablish your target picture. And I think that's very strong. Um, I also think it's sort of a corollary to that. That while I get what Cass is saying. In that you know maybe you don't get... Maybe there's the concern about not getting your one. If you shoot the body and whiff the second shot. And then die. Um, I think this gun gives you a ton of potential. To get two at long range. That neither the Operator or the Marshal has. Because... The thing is, you can really punish bad spacing on peeking long angles. If you if you don't have people, people like peeking from further and closer, the pop one head, pop the second head, is disgusting with this gun. So obviously, you have to be feeling yourself to be aiming for the heads rather than aiming for the body, and that's going to be a key thing in terms of using this gun and deciding which to aim for. And something that I don't think I'll be very good at off the off the rip. Okay, I I feel like the Marshall is equally as good at punishing bad spacing
0: as and like I get what you're saying yeah you probably should lose quote unquote as you're calling it the picture Uh, like as you duck Mm -hmm. behind cover while you uh, lever action cycle that bolt or whatever and then re-swing it but like I feel like the Marshall is equally as good at punishing bad spacing and well it depends on how bad the spacing is Okay, but also yeah. assuming you're hitting headshots or whatever, right? Well, like, even if the spacing... So long as the spacing is not great, and I can get out of cover and come back after the first headshot, it's like, like, sure, I don't know exactly where you are, because I, I wasn't holding the angle the entire time, but, like, i got a pretty fucking good idea where you can be, based on just the time it takes me to cycle a bolt on a Marshall is not very long. And it's equally... I feel like the marshal is almost equally just as good at punishing bad spacing as the outlaw is, it just costs less than half of the fucking price. That is true. And, the value
2: proposition is there. And
0: this. also, what you're laying out here with the outlaw is reliant on you hitting two headshots. Which, if I'm hitting headshots anyway, I should have bought the fucking marshal.
1: Or the vandal.
2: Yeah, well, well the vandal. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I get what you're saying, but like... I mean, part of this, I, I would be curious to test this out, and I don't have a great sense of the, the, the specifics here. But like, someone's spacing for you to be able to stand in the open, hit a Marshall headshot, stand in, the, let's just say you stand in the exact same place, and then cycle the bolt, and then shoot the next guy who pops their head out. That is really bad spacing. Whereas if you, you know, if are standing there with an outlaw and you shoot the first guy in the head it could be pretty decent spacing and they, especially for ranked, when the next person comes around the corner and you're ready to fire. So like, I think, right. yeah, like I think the whole idea, you being punishable, if you're hitting shots is going to be much harder. I said that so weirdly, it's going to be much harder to okay. punish you if you're hitting your headshots. And that is only one side of the gun. Obviously I think a lot of, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases it makes more sense to go for the body shots, but if you're going for the headshots,
1: what I, I will I think- say, uh, I'll, I'll just go real quick. Yeah, uh, what yeah, I will yeah. say about it, uh, another interesting aspect of the Outlaw compared to the marshal and the Op is you don't de-scope when you're cycling the next round because right. That's, you don't yeah. have to cycle. So mm-hmm. it's easier to, like, if you were going to be that ballsy and go for headshot-headshot or headshot-body, you're not punished as much because you're not like, okay, headshot, okay, unscope- Rescope, then go for the next headshot. Uh, Yeah, but so that that's like another aspect of the gun which makes it better for that. But I think uh, it's like two and a half or more than two and a half times the price of the Marshall. So it definitely needs to be significantly better in the Marshall in some ways because nine fifty.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. So like. Uh, yeah, like I, I had to do the math in my head beforehand. <laughs> yeah. like I, I had that, I had that ideation beforehand. It wasn't like mm. I was just like doing the math on the fly. I'm not <laughs> that good. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but it's, it's kind of weird uh, when it comes to Valorant guns. There is it a log, logarithmic curve where it's like it like increases like rapidly and like tapers off as like price increases. Or, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, a curve that goes, like, up pretty dramatically and then kind of just, like, yeah, falls logarithmic
2: off. Logarithmic, yeah. In terms of value per dollar in the guns?
1: Yeah, value per mm. dollar in the guns. Uh, so, like, so I would say... you saying, like, say... Phantom
2: and Vandal are peak and then Odin and Op don't provide as much more value as their price increase, or...? No, I think he's
0: saying that, like, Phantom and value or Phantom and Vandal are higher technically, but you're spending way more money to get them. Oh, I okay. like, so, you yeah, could got achieve... It. A very similar height, or like a very similar y value, with much less x value. X value being the dollar I mean, amount spent. Yeah, so the, like the Stinger yeah. is way
2: better, better dollar per effectiveness than a Phantom, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, the curve,
1: that's what I'm saying. And yeah, like the an
2: op- slope goes up dramatically at the start and then takes off. Got it. Okay.
0: I, like, I, got it, I
1: wouldn't yeah. say an op is like worth. 1800 more dollars than a Phantom or a Vandal in terms of, like, raw effectiveness in terms of what it provides to you. But, like, it's still, like, it is, like, an incremental value, which it is worth pursuing. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. And I think so, op-
2: similarly to the Odin, even though it's not as much more expensive, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah, exactly. not the right play to right. just all buy Odins if you have the money.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I'm saying is that, like, it's It's really hard to, like, balance when it comes to, like, an Econ shooter how effective a gun is going to be. And I think my kind of perspective is, is, like, how many times is it worth it to buy an Outlaw versus spending the extra 500 for a Phantom or a Vandal, which are, like, maybe not as good in the edge cases, but consistent. And, like, that's always, like, a hard line to draw because it's, like, well, okay, yeah. one thing that I was going to say earlier is that I, I hate how these content creators put out these videos. There's some analysts that are, like, actually doing deep analysis of the guns, but I'm seeing, like, all these Twitter takes and these clickbait YouTubers that are just, like, going into the range and showing how broken the gun is. It's so easy to do that. It's like, oh, I, I pull out my Vandal, and I just... pop pop is like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it's so broken. Yeah. It's So it's always hard. It's like, I as from my perspective, because I don't think all of us are too unaligned in terms of like, I think the gun is going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be fundamentally broken. Like some of these people are saying, I think it is going to be the get your one gun. And there's definitely value to that. And I think for chamber and jet, it's like way more valuable than a lot of other guns. Um, But that's how any sniper is necessary. Honestly, mm-hmm. but uh, there is a value to that. But there is a more punishing aspect to it. Yep. Like if but- if we're peaking like uh, mid ascent, someone's uh, top mid, and I'm like by market, I'd rather have an outlaw than a vandal. But if there's another person, unless they're playing jet or Chamber, they can trade off me. They can do other stuff to help me win. And if they get two headshots. That's just sometimes how it rolls. <laughs> sometimes people, like, just get two head taps really clean.
2: Mm-hmm. and you, right, can do and you can't Guardian. do that with a marshal or an Op at the same speed. Yeah, but at the price point, you could do that with a Guardian.
0: At the same fucking speed you can with this guy, or the
2: Outlaw. That—that
0: That is true. That, that is a fair like point. You could do that with a Guardian. Like, the advantage that this has over a Guardian is the scope. Well, it's the scope, well, and, and it's also the body is. shot damage. Yeah. And okay, yeah, okay, got it. Body, body shot damage, right. yeah, big. That actually makes a big difference. Yes, yeah. but like that was specifically designed to counter light shield meta, which I said we'd get into. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think like an under, I think you're slightly undervaluing, like when it comes to both the martial and the way that the outlaw is going to perform, assuming it comes into the game at this it like this state that we're talking about here. Yep, is the And I'm just going to use A-Main Ascent as the example here. Mm. Um, And assuming nobody's jumping up on the boxes or anything like that, right? They're just swinging you. With the spacing, like with both a Marshall and an Outlaw, if they don't have phenomenal spacing, it's like, I can take that first shot, and instead of going back to cover, specifically as Jet and Chamber, I can step farther out into the angle.
2: Oh, and then just dash. And stepping out...
0: Well, yeah, but, like, stepping yeah. out farther into the angle forces the other team to swing farther to get into... Which gives position. you more time back to
2: cycle the Which ball gives
0: me more time head head head. to cycle the Marshall ball. All and, right. like, I have done that multiple times with the Marshall. Yeah. I have gotten the first kill. I have stepped most likely during round two instead of having to hit two headshots where I can just go for bodies. But it's like, I get the first kill... And they don't have great spacing. And I just step farther out into the angle. And then by the time the next person is in a position to take a gunfight with me, I've already cycled that ball. Um, But I, I, I would like to quickly go back to like what Plate was saying about the, uh, you can stay in the scope. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that until you brought that up. but Because I know that's a thing in CS with an op.
1: Like if, no, no, and... it doesn't. Uh, it, like, rescopes you after it's no. done cycling. Does it? Yeah, I, I've been playing CS. like Oh, okay. On Fridays, lots of times, like, we play different games. CS is one of the I games.
0: Thought, I thought CS was one of those... Oh, but it just, like, auto
1: it puts auto you back in. It right? auto puts you back Ah, uh, oh, okay, okay. That's out. what I was
0: thinking of. Okay, got yeah. it. That's what I was thinking of. It auto puts you back in instead of you needing to manually re-enter it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know that's a setting you can use in Valorant tip. Yeah. And Alex suggested I use that to learn the exact timing of Chamber's ult pre nerf. Mm. Like right when Chamber got released, um you could thirty for thirty the hard mode bots with uh with Chamber Alt relatively
2: cool.
0: easily uh by turning that setting on, even if you didn't want to play with that setting usually. Um, and it's funny, I think I want one of my accounts to maybe boof? I don't know. Somebody I know plays with that setting and used it on one of my alts. And I got into a game and it was fucking me up.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> because I wasn't, I wasn't used to it.
1: Oh, yeah. When um, I play CS and, like, it's a hard transition back, but I only really op in CS versus Valorant, so it's not as big also, of a transition off for me. In CS, right.
0: QQ is so much stronger than it is in Valorant.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Like, in CS, I always just like QQ, just by, by instinct. And for uh, people that don't know, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, pressing Q takes you back to your last equipped thing. So if you press QQ, you're basically just like,
2: oh, bring out your op, pistol
1: yeah. or knife, and then just bring up your op again, and then you're unscoped. No. So... And I don't know how how much faster it is, but it is, I think, a little bit faster to do it. It's
0: faster in CS than it is to cycle
1: a ball. Yeah. Um, not by much, though. It, it's, it's no. and It's irrelevant. It's relevant. It's one of those <laughs> yeah. things
2: that feels so cool to do that it's definitely worth doing. It. Oh,
1: so, yeah. Well, it feels cool also, as hell. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it's also just like in CS, like, you want... Because you don't have a jet slash chamber dash, you want the extra movement speed of your knife to potentially get out of an angle.
2: Oh, right, you get the movement speed boost as well.
0: Yeah, and so after you take your shot, you want to knife out regardless to fuck off out of an angle, regardless of whether you hit your shot or not, and then it's like, oh, well, like, I hit my shot so I can actually stand my ground here. Let me just pull the AWP back out. Mm. And it also happens to cycle the bolt faster. Or just, like, the the pull-out animation of the AWP is faster than the cycle bolt animation. Whereas in Valorant, I think they made them literally equal. Mm Mm-hmm so that there was no advantage to knife out and then bring the op back out but uh I do it anyway in valorant literally every single fucking time
1: well then why did the rescope fuck you up if you're doing it every time
0: huh well it was one of the, okay because when I first, like when I played csgo it was like my like one of my first well in fact I think it was my first pc fps
1: I didn't oh, have no, that built-in no, no, no. initially. Uh, what I was saying is... Uh, you said that some other guy was like... Oh, oh, you oh. You were out oh, cheering. Oh. Naughty, yeah, naughty. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yes, you, we yes. Talk yes about it anymore. Uh
0: if I'm, as, if I'm playing as Jet and Chamber and I dash out of the angle...
1: Oh, okay. That makes I sense, don't. Yeah.
0: yeah. like if I'm yeah. dashing or teleporting out of an angle, I don't do that.
1: Yeah, it makes because sense. Because I'm okay, dashing yeah.
0: or teleporting out of the angle. Um... If I then I'm... you
1: rescope and you're like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that that's why it was fucking me up. No, like, it didn't have any like real negative impact on my gameplay. It was more of a just like a what the fuck moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was like, cause yeah, if I dash out of an angle, I'm not gonna bother to usually bring my knife out and then bring the off back out. Uh-huh. Uh. It's like, oh, well, I dashed out of the angle. There's, I have all the time in the world to cycle this ball, Unless there's a fucking raise blast backing at your face, in
1: which case, I'm God probably bringing up my pistol. Fucking yeah. AOE, man. Yeah. Fucking AOE,
0: dude. God damn fucking raises, man. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, uh, but to get back on topic, um, what I was going to say about the Outlaw when it comes to the price uh, and the eco stuff, I think uh, the price point is actually pretty, I wouldn't say it's harsh, because I believe it's a really strong weapon, but I feel like where everyone is just really scared of it is in the, uh, like, round two time. I think that's, like, pretty reasonable in terms of, like, when you think people are most likely going to bring the outlaw out. Yeah. Uh, so, what I'm going to say is, like, first off, that's Prime Martial time. Yeah. Uh, and the muscle's like,
0: eating good round two.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's fucking feasting right there. <laughs> um, so when you're doing that, like, you're going to buy light shields. So that's 2,800 out of your 3,000 minimum that you're going to do. And you're going to have no utility. And you're also having a light shield kind of gamble. Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does counter the eco more. Or er, er, not the eco, the force more. Yeah. Because in case someone does actually bring light shields into round 2 to try to stop you or uh do whatever, you're going to be more advantaged with the outlaw. Um but what I think is like interesting about it is that price point it's so close to a vandal and a phantom. How often are you going to choose that over a vandal and phantom? Or Me? phantom every time. Oh, okay. okay, we don't have to. We don't have to talk about you. Uh, I mean, if you're on chamber and jet, I can see yeah. it. I think chamber yeah. more likely because chamber
0: for sure more likely than jet. Because I think
1: yeah. jet as like a very flexible agent. You want her to be active on defense too. Like if she does have a vandal, she can still push. Unlike a chamber would likely do. Um, but like so, unless
0: you're getting, I think it's two and bomb plant. Two kills pistol round and bomb plant. On attack, as Jet gets you, uh, Vandal full shields, and then three kills on defense gets you, Vandal full shields as Jet. Mm -hmm. Assuming you're not interested in buying any other utility, um, and if I'm a half shields, I don't know how aggro I'm gonna be on
1: either Jet or. Oh, I'm not saying on eco round. I'm saying on normal rounds. Oh, 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 okay. On normal rounds, it's like how much like. Unless it's, like, the difference between Outlaw full versus uh, Phantom Vandal light, we also need to know how much uh, the other team is buying the Outlaw, too, obviously. I think uh, even with... uh, I think the data for quite a while will be skewed because everyone is going to want to buy the Outlaw regardless. It's like, ooh, fun new gun.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a ton of
1: Outlaws.
0: The first first week is going to be fucking hell.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be yeah. hell. But Everybody I'm kind of here because it's kind of fun again. having that chaotic first part. Oh, definitely. Um, but when everything settles out, it's like... When are you buying it? Round two, it kind of makes more sense to buy a Marshall, if, especially if you're on defense and they didn't get the bomb plant. Um, and then lots of times it's like, I'd rather buy a rifle for the consistency. It's mm-hmm. It's all... It's it's going to be like, I think it's strong and I think it deserves to be strong at that price point, obviously, but I'm hesitant to call for nerfs necessarily without seeing how it develops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's my main take on it.
2: Yeah. And I I do want to, I think you're probably meaning this, what I'm thinking with this and not saying something different. But I do want to be clear I'm not saying that riot should immediately nerf it based on my early impression like I'm predicting yeah. it will need to be nerfed I'm not saying they need to do something about it right away like I want to see it in action as well um, mm-hmm. but going go into what you were saying in terms of the uh you know the value the value of buying it in certain rounds uh, I think that the way I'm looking at it is that if you look at your average Joe agent, no one not a get out of town movement ability um that, yes, the Marshal is going to be significantly better, uh, specifically in round two. Um, but I think where this gun really shines is as a gun that you buy against a save later in the game. When light shields are likely to be in play, as well as, you know, SMGs, sheriffs, that sort of thing. And then be able to bring it into the next round to continue building your econ. Um, I think that's where the real value of the gun is, and I think that's that's like the baseline for everyone. And I think that value goes way up when you start considering a character who has that get out of jail free card. Um, because w- one thing that I've been realizing is whether it's a Yoru TP, Chamber TP, Jet Dash, or perhaps Neon Wall and Sprint. Even though we're stretching by getting to that level, um, the
1: the admission, the blast pack there—that's kind of criminal. Yeah, I was gonna well, say,
2: like you didn't talk like I don't think. Yeah. Was, like, I, I've got my counterpoint, but finish here. Okay, okay, yeah. So basically, the marshal and the op—the the key thing is that you know you're dashing away before you can fire your bullet again, uh, because you're gonna get you would get traded otherwise. Whereas with this gun, you often would fire both shots and then escape while you're reloading. And so I think you negate the main weakness of the gun, um, and that allows you to... Basically, I think that in many cases, getting off two, um, outlaw bullets at the body is going to be doable without dying and then escaping, and I think in a lot of cases that's going to be better than the one op shot, um... And the other part of it as well, going back, I'll say one more thing before I hand the floor over to Cass here, is going to what Blate was saying about, oh, well, with your jet, you know, you want your jet to be able to be active around the map and not just forced to only take long-range gunfights. I think that the Outlaw, while still not necessarily the gun you would want to do a a flank or something like that, um, it's way less of a liability in those situations than the Marshal or the Op is. So if you want to try to do, like, a slow and careful flank, uh, not taking on the full team, but, you know, trying to pick off someone off the edge, and there just happens to be someone really close around the corner who's camping, you're far better. You know, you have a pretty decent shot to, you know, tap them in the chest and one or two tap, depending on their health, versus a marshal or an op. So I think you do have that flexibility, even if it's not the optimal gun for that. So you can take that long-range fight you really want to take and then be able to do other things if no one's there.
0: Okay, I got... Couple counterpoints here. I think Jet Dash and Chamber T P are fine with going blam blam with the uh with the Outlaw. Yeah. I don't think the other quote unquote escape avenues such as Blast Pack and Yoru T P Yoru T P in particular, I don't think is going to be viable. Well, I think that
2: is going to take too long. To interject that... super quickly on this. I, I'm not yeah. suggesting that you are in the middle of an angle and you Yoru TP from there. Like, I'm picturing the way I Yoru TP with an op, which is immediately after your second shot, you're relatively close to the cover, so you jump into the cover as you TP. So sure, you're, but either you're way, like, I, I you're here.
1: not taking an off angle on your yeah. with an op. But you're I think if like you're going... Then... No, I, I get yeah, what you're yeah. saying.
0: Same thing with, like, Standard raises with uh, using a blast pack to get out of the angle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think we the meta has somewhat evolved into. There are other agents that are fine with holding an op, assuming you're good with an op, i.e., not hunter. Um, no, and
2: Damn,
0: you're <laughs> you're you're gonna like you've got a method of quote unquote getting out of there, and I think that's that's totally fine, but. With both and jet, when you take an off shot, usually hit or miss or whatever, <laughs> you're fucking out of there. Like, immediately. Like, I take that shot, and I'm not even really waiting to register to see if that shot hit before I fuck off. And I think yeah. if you're going to take... And, like, sure, as Jet and Chamber, you can slightly overstay your welcome because you've got the better get-out-of-jail-free card. But, like, with Yoru, it's not really a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a, um, well, I bribed the guy, maybe he'll let me get away with it. It depends on how much money I gave him, you know? It's like, maybe I get away with this one, maybe I don't. Like, same thing with, like, a raised blast pack and, like, maybe the neon faster movement or whatever. Right? Um, and like you're saying, with none of those agents, do you stand in the middle of Narnia and fucking be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm chilling here. Uh, and even with Reyna, right? Like, Reyna can kind of get away with it, assuming you hit your shot. Um, but Mm
2: -hmm. I,
0: I think the big problem here is the extra time it's going to take you to fire that second shot, I think is very relevant in terms of your, I'm fucking out of here timing. I think the, I'm fucking out of here timing on all of those other agents is so tight that taking the time to fire that extra shot is going to be greedy. At best. Um, and I, I feel like it's it, it's almost going to, like, put this gun in a position in which, like, well, in general, I think it's good to show that somebody on the team is willing to buy an outlaw. Because it stops the other team from going for Light Shield's mana, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Or it's like, hey, like, if you're on the cusp of being able to buy or not, like, you got... Thirty six hundred credits, right? You can't afford Phantom Vandal in full, um, or you know whatever. It's just like, hey, like I think proving that you're willing to bring out an outlaw is going to be like, hey, you should not go Vandal light, yeah. You should go Bulldog full instead. I don't know how the money it (laughs) makes. Oh, like you should do Bulldog full. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I agree. I don't like it either. I'm very willing to go vandal light, but like I think if someone on the other team is willing to prove that they will bring out the outlaw, that it's something that's going to disincentivize that, and I think that's potentially the advantage in later rounds. But as I was kind of talking with Alex before you joined the Discord earlier, um, just because I know he wasn't going to be on the podcast tonight, it's like a Adrian, Alex. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's a kind of like. Almost leaning the meta back towards Jet Chamber being the off agents, and also putting in a situation of like, yes, I think this gun will be seen rounds two and three somewhat consistently, but are you willing to bring it out in future rounds? And also, how realistically do you guys check the other team's econ? And obviously, the higher up in ELO you go, the more often it happens. Mm-hmm. But how often do you enter a round get shotgun to pull up the tab screen
2: and realize, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, no shit, they couldn't full buy. I do think we've, we've gotten better at that, cats, since doing Premiere. Because we definitely do it in Premiere, and I think that's bled back over to our comp games to an extent. It still definitely isn't 100% of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's an interesting, like, question... Or, I think it adds more interesting uh, like econ questions to your brain than what it was beforehand. I think beforehand the, the, the answer was very obvious. If you can't afford to buy rifle, full utility, you buy rifle light utility versus now it's like, am I going to risk being outlawed and like give up a, Quote unquote free pick, like, uh, because there's a very big difference between two shots and one shot, even though Mm -hmm. if people do have full, I think it's pretty easy to just two tap and get the one, like in the 1v1, which I think the outlaw should be able to do. I'm just uh, to state that, like, I think that's what the outlaw should be able to do in a 1v1 strictly. Um, But it adds the question it's like, am I willing to risk just getting one tapped by a gun that's worth less than mine because I didn't have enough money and I was greedy enough to buy light and a good rifle versus a bulldog full. Yeah. So I I'm really curious how it will change the meta with that because it's also a question of Okay, they see we're on like we're in that four thousand range, that kind of shaky range where you're like, oh, are they gonna actually just like What are they going to do? Are they going to buy Rifle Light, which was always what was going to happen if they were 4,000 beforehand? Um, But now with the outlaw, you need to be like, oh, one person died on their team and we're 4,000. Are they going to buy an outlaw to try to counter it? I kind of like these questions that happen because of what the outlaw brings. Even if it might be too strong, I'm not sure right now. Um, That's just kind of my interesting thoughts on it.
0: I think it's gonna. I think it's definitely gonna lessen the number of sheriffs you see in round two, or like yeah. marshals, or because like there's so many times as jet on attack, we lose pistol. I'll fucking buy a marshal, no problem. I can right. buy rifle light next round, and if I am playing true entry as jet, like yeah, I can go marshal. Uh or sorry, for like Full Shield Spectre round three or full shields um right uh stinger or something and just be like, hey, like I'm playing the fucking entry. My job is to die, most likely, at some point. Right? Yep. Um like my job is to get my team onto fucking sight. So like if I'm playing true fucking entry, it's like I don't mind buying full shield specter or full shields um uh stinger and being like, hey, like I'm gonna use my smoke and dash to try and put myself into an advantageous position to make use of this gun. And you know what? That's okay. Or I'm also totally willing to go, uh, rifle light, which you can do if you buy a Marshall round one. And also as jet, I don't need a whole, I don't need my full kits worth a utility on attack. If I'm playing a true entry role and Mm -hmm. there's a good chance of me dying. Um, and so, again, Jed is one of the agents it's more viable on, but, like, same with, like, Reyna's go-off-and-see-buy-Sheriff round two. Um And, in fact, like, a bunch of agents can get away with buying, uh, like, a Sheriff for 800 credits. And just being yeah. like, hey, like, you know what? Like, I'll be bringing in Light Shields into the next round, but, like, which is already somewhat suboptimal, given that you're going into a... um like, Usually
1: suboptimal guns. Yeah,
0: not necessarily full rifle. Like The other team doesn't have full rifles at the end of like going into round three, assuming they're one pistol. So like it's like, okay, this isn't ideal that I'm buying half-shields, but like it's good enough. Um, but I wonder if you're going to see that ideology somewhat slip away. Being like, hey, if I buy a Sheriff right now, I am putting myself in a position in which... They can probably afford an outlaw round two and say, I'm bringing this into round three, and I'm now one shot. I'm basically they have a OP against me round three. Which is That's a good point. I didn't really consider that. Like I, yeah. I, I think that's gonna be an interesting thing for like forcing up round two. Because like there are definitely times when I'm just like, hey, like I can afford some kind of gun and I've got an idea of how I'm going to make this work. Usually with the marshal, it's like, I'm going to take aggro peaks, mostly down mid, uh, or at either A main or B main, whatever site we're talking about, and like, I'm just going to go for someone who's being greedy, and I'm going to try to get the head tap, and then maybe that's a rifle, or, you know, it's a gun for somebody else on the team, and maybe we can snowball this. Um, But if you just full save, like, you don't really have that potential. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so think I that's a, a, a,
0: Yeah, like I, I just really wonder how it's going to affect round two, four spots, or like not true forces, but mm-hmm. like buying in a little bit round two.
2: Yeah, because like that, that I think that's a fantastic point. Because before I was kind of conceding that, well, the marshal is just the better gun in round two, and that's true if you look at round two by itself, as assuming that you're the team that you know won round one, um, because the marshal is an op in round two, but then the outlaw becomes in many cases an op in round three, so that's that's I guess I think that's a great point that uh, you know it's it's sort of buying it to get the value in round three.
1: Mm -hmm. But it is extremely expensive to buy in round two. It's you basically have to be chamber, I think, because like you wouldn't want or you basically can't afford any other utility, or you can buy one two hundred dollar ability, which usually aren't the most impactful ones. If you win a uh, pistol without like getting a a plant or a kill, because you'll have three thousand perfectly. So, because um, I mean honestly, since I'm a smokes player, it's like I lots of times buy guard or I buy guardian light or bulldog light on round two because I will like I'll play back on defense, knowing that like that's how I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play for trades and for everything. Be safe. Play low variance. Um. So it's harder for me to like justify an Outlaw necessarily lots of times. Um, but for a Chamber, it makes a lot of sense. Um, chamber and Cass, when you're talking about uh, sometimes in Round 3 you'd go Spectre uh, full. I feel like that was never really a question before the Outlaw. But now it actually is a question where it's like should I go Spectre full if I don't have enough money for Rifle full? So I can actually. So it's not. They're
2: to the outlaw shot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That all these questions are interesting to me, and mm-hmm. uh, honestly, well, I, I feel like we'll just. I feel like we're going to be talking in circles, regardless. Yeah, <laughs> forever yeah. about it until we keep on seeing it and seeing our or seeing how it is against equal opponents. Because like all the gameplay videos we yeah. see, they're playing troll games. Like. It's all the Durka vid. It's like Durka Durka against like anyone that's not like a thousand plus radiant is gonna look like he's smurfing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh man, of course the owl looks like it's gonna be good. Wow. Um,
2: Yeah, and that's why I'm not arguing my points all that hard because you know I could be wrong. Mm -hmm.
1: It
0: was a huge thing when um fucking ISO released, right? There was uh like Durka made a video of him playing ISO in like a content creator slash pro lobby and yeah. it's like well yeah no shit dirk is gonna make iso look fucking incredible mm-hmm. like
1: wait are you saying that Tins is not... that much better than like his girlfriend kaide in the same content <laughs> event like what? <laughs> what wait no way you serious yeah no
0: say it isn't so i think it's fian- i'm pretty sure it's fiance now
1: oh yeah 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 i mean K- keep with the time are you American not a member the thing is, Kai'de is, like, still, like, pretty good. I think she's immortal. But yeah, she's immortal. Still, there's... there's yeah. <laughs> the difference between, like, Immortal 1 and Radiant is bigger, like, in terms of strict RR, than the difference between, like, Diamond and Gold. Like, yeah. there is so much of a skill diff. It's hard to, like, mm-hmm. think in your brain, because, like, I think Valorant also uses, like, a logarithmic scale, where it's a very long tail when you're going up in terms of, yeah like the amount you're gaining, but... Yeah, I want to say it goes from, like, 2% for Immortal
2: to, like, 0.1% for Radiant. Like, it's it's a pretty big difference.
1: Well, Radiant's only the top 500 players in each region. Mm -hmm. There's, like, like 10,000 Immortals.
0: Um, Okay, okay, but, like, okay, that aside, I think that's actually, like, it's funny that you bring that up. I I think I was watching the Risk of Resources runs the other day, and the casters were talking about this. uh, Because there's a player in them known as Cabbage, who is... Absurdly fucking good. Um, I yeah. will sometimes do something or die and just be like, Oh, I'm fucking shit <laughs> or whatever. We're like, yeah, I'm shit at this game. And it's like, it, it's apparently like a big thing amongst like speedrunners, right? We're like, speedrunners are already the 0.05% of this game in terms of how good you are relative to yeah. the rest of the pool, and they're like. They screw up a minor thing, and they're just like, oh, I'm dog shit. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think it's interesting how you're bringing up the, like, the Immortals versus Radiance, and how, like, yeah, mm-hmm. there is a massive skill gap between them. And, sure, a lot of that comes down to, especially from, a, like, when you're talking about, like, pro perspectives. Like, I know that, um, like, Boaster in particular talked about this, like, a while back. This is after, like, the original Reiki thick when Boaster got kind of famous for his interviews, um, and was saying that he uh, was, like, he doesn't really like playing rent all too much. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I have to because I have to be at least immortal to be a pro player. Like, being immortal is a qualification. Right. Um, So it's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I have to play enough to maintain my immortal status, but, like, I'm not really, uh, like, he's like, oh, I'm not too into, like, ranked games in general or whatever. And I think that's really interesting because, like, as a professional player, you're used to, well, number one, a higher standard of teammates. And then, number two, a certain style or at least respect given towards the enemy team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which, like, I, I think is really interesting from that perspective of, like, I guarantee you there are tons of Immortal players who, in a pro setting, would be better than a good number of Radiant players, because that's the kind of
2: style of Valorant they're into, versus Ranked is kind of its its own yeah. thing. Um, yeah, now, Blake, know... uh, you'll notice I just DM'd you a pop quiz on what Cass has been talking about for the past couple
1: minutes, so uh <laughs> oh, yeah, take I a can. crack at that. Um, <laughs> Blake's separate yeah, from it. When I yeah. fucking ring around the rose, he went for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the bathroom break and the beer.
0: But yeah, I know that, uh, like, Tenz is also. There's a super famous clip of Tenz playing a, um, a a game on Jet, and I want to say it was on Ascent, but, like. It was. Not sure exactly. I know what you're talking about. Uh, and he was just like. He was trying to do something, and it wasn't working, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm playing ranked. And mm-hmm. just pops dash, double updrafts, dashes in, knife kill, turns around, knife kill, dashes forward again, knife kill. Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he, he's just like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, I forgot I'm playing ranked for a second here. I don't need to turn my brain on and think about what I should be doing.
1: Yeah, um, I, I know exactly the clip you're talking about, and it's really funny. Wuhujin, like hates, or like, He's a big Tens fan. The banana loves Tens. But Mm -hmm. since, like, Tens is basically a savant, he hates that, uh, like, line of reasoning. He's like, oh, it's just ranked. I just do whatever. The thing is, he's taking, like, perfect fucking fights for how he is playing. Even if he's playing super aggressive, he's doing the fights in the correct way. Like, the perfect way that a Radiant person or a pro would do those fights... So it's like, right. yeah, they're stupid because the people don't know how to counter them, but they're still playing it perfectly, and that's why ten's getting is getting so many results. Like when you watch, like a, I've seen like a lot, like we didn't talk about, like when you see a pro play DM, like it's so automatic how they're playing. It's like, well, they're like playing quote unquote stupid for them. They have this muscle memory so ingrained with them that they still peak correctly. They still do all this stuff correctly. Yeah. It's just people who are good enough will know how to properly fight against them. Right. That's kind of when you get in those, like, top point zero 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 one percent type things where it's like, oh, yeah, only people who are at this level can do anything against me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're still doing stuff that, like... People who aren't at that level, the top 1%, the top 0.5%, can't deal with. Yeah. Which is interesting.
0: I, since you brought up Uhujan, I it was funny. I saw this, well, funny isn't necessarily the right word, but I saw this video the other day about him talking about how, like, this, like, I think the clickbait title was, like, this, this kind of kill was making you worse. And it was someone with an op who missed a shot, or maybe got a kill, but then fell back a bit, and then someone peeked into him, and he got another kill. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this kind of kill is giving you the dopamine of, oh, I did something right, I got two kills right here, like, that's that's my job. Like, mm-hmm. check that box off. Um, and he was when you like,
1: should have gone to a different site.
0: Yeah, he was like, this kind of kill is making you worse at the game, because if you're trying to rank up, you're going to play against better players, and... You should have fucked off after either the first shot or the first kill. I don't remember which one it was. Whether he whiffed a shot or he got a kill. But it's like, you should have rotated over to to B or A. They're playing on Lotus. Um, and you should have posted up there. And I thought that's really interesting. Because at a certain point, there's like a... I am playing for the skill level that I am in... It's kind of like the idea of, like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have.
2: Right, right. As
0: the the saying goes. But then, if I am trying to rank up, and maybe this is the correct play at high elo, is for me to rotate off and take an angle at another site. And I notice this a lot in my own gameplay, when I, uh, I get a kill, and then maybe stay too long on a given site instead of just rotating off, or I whiff a shot, but I'm like, oh, well, like, you know... With the shot, maybe they'll maybe they'll swing into this, um, but I think there is kind of this teeter totter of well, but I'm at the I'm at the evo that I'm at, right? Like maybe I will win more games if I fucking stay here because some idiot's going to swing into me and I'm going to get a kill, or is it just better for me to rotate out? Like I'm wondering if he's putting the the carriage before the horse in terms of like. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Are I should have British or
2: something. <laughs> the
0: carriage—that's um, <laughs> another saying. No, the cart, the the part cart part. before the horse. Oh, mother... <laughs> the same shit. Fuck <laughs> off. No,
1: I'm not uh, uh, what I will say about that when it comes to uh, like this type of thing. I think you still try to play fundamentally correctly because, like, if you're playing correctly, like even though it might not win you that round, it's still going to win you more rounds in general. Maybe, Uh,
2: but I'm not sure if it will. That's the argument I'm trying to make. Maybe not necessarily,
1: but I think if you're playing, like, well, the thing is, think about it this way. Like, I think, okay, say Alex. He's Diamond Main, Yeah. Or, like, I'm Diamond, too. Um, Like, if I played stupid in Silver Lobbies, I might have more pop-off moments. Mm Mm-hmm if I played stupid down to a Silver's level... No, no,
0: no, but if you play if you play the way that your, or whatever Ideal is in Diamond, right? Or even in Immortal or Ascendant or whatever rank we're talking about, right? We're just not talking about High Immortal slash Radiant, right? Like, High Immortal slash Radiant is what you in theory are trying to play at if if your goal is to climb the ranks and get better at the game, right? But... Mm -hmm. Or saying if you're in diamond right now, and people in diamond repeat shit stupidly, well, if I'm trying to rank up,
2: may- maybe I should stay there and wait for the repeat. You know, theoretically, if you're thinking about this like critically, you could always train yourself to switch as you rank up. If you could, co- if you could consciously say, "I am going to stay here because this is diamond." and then when you rank up to a mortal be like it's time to change how I think about things it's time to rotate more that's then the best of both worlds
1: I, I'm pretty sure Bohusian does keep this in mind when he talks about it because like it is interesting when he talks about uh, like I don't know how much you guys do watch him I'm pretty I'm pretty banana pilled honestly at this point oh, I, uh, I
0: just see clips here and there and I usually yeah. I do exactly what he tells you not to do which is watch the first 30 seconds of his video and then not watch the rest of it <laughs>
1: Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm huge-pilled, um, but he does Mm -hmm. teach to the level that you are at, like, I think it might have been in a mortal VOD where he's talking about this, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, lots of times he does talk about, or maybe in a and VOD, where it's like, he's talking about the next step up where he's trying to get to, which you'll kind of have to learn in general. Yeah. Um, but... Like, I've heard him multiple times talk about he's like, okay, like, if you were in this elo, I would say this is a great play for you to do. Like, it's what you should be doing at these lower ranks, but that's not going to take you to the next level. Right. So it's all like. The thing about Valorant that's so interesting is, like, it's such a contextual game, and people like to try to flowchart it, but it doesn't work like that necessarily. Um,. I feel like this is a topic for a different podcast because we have more stuff to go to. <laughs> we do, we do. We've gone to down the fucking rabbit hole, but that's uh, yeah. kind of par for the course. Well, yeah, that, that's yeah. why yeah. we
0: bring yeah, that's why we bring Blade on this podcast to keep us on track. Yeah, um, I definitely I'm the do taskmaster. not master. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, yeah, we're you just guys... we just spent forty minutes yeah. doing randomness. So you know, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, do you guys okay. might it be one would say have one been, last fifty five the... with Chase. Yeah, go
2: for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I say about the outlaw before we move on from that? One thing that I think is also worth considering is that and I don't think this is going to be that long of a, a mini topic but um you know a lot of the way that we we've been, we've been thinking about the outlaw is getting your one or getting your two because you know common uh you know knowledge is as a defender if you if you peak uh and die then you have you know swung the round in the attacker's favor and in depending on the situation If you go one for one as the attackers are hitting sight, often that is also favorable to the attackers. And there are obviously situations where that will be true as well, um, you know, if you have the outlaw in hand. However, I think that a scenario that will definitely happen a decent bit of the time is that you are holding with the outlaw and whether you're looking at wall bangs to the chest on full armored opponents or whether you're looking at just shots to the, it was shot either way. Basically you could have a scenario where you die, but you've put two people down to 25 or 10 HP on the attacking team. And that is, you know, the only other gun that does a similar thing of taking a huge chunk right away, but then not killing is the Marshal. And that's even a, that's even a you know, a bigger step beyond that. And like, the thing is, even though the conventional wisdom is, oh, well, you know, you really haven't done anything, you haven't gotten a kill, you've swung the round in the attacker's favor, while I think that's still somewhat true, you know, assuming that the other person on the site is still alive, their ability to... Basically, if you have 10 HP as an attacker, that limits what you can do so much. The chance of you getting, you know, wall banged or shot through a smoke goes up incredibly. Mm -hmm. If you're mollied off, you now cannot push through that molly. So... I think that huge amount of damage has a much bigger impact than, you know, not getting the kill with most other guns.
0: Oh, sure. Like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I think there's a... something that I might test out in-game mm-hmm. um, when we get there, is uh, on full buy rounds, when I would like to have an op, but, hey, guess what? I can't afford it. Um, Outlaw Frenzy Shields, you because if I tag somebody, or I tag a few people on your way into site, guess what? Now I got a frenzy. I only need to hit you in the fucking body for 10. Or the fucking toe. And I think the frenzy does 10 to the toe. So, like, I I, I think there's something to be said for what you're talking about. And, like, I, I see that. But I would like to slightly push back on your, oh, we've only been talking about it as a, like, a one-and-done or a... Assuming you're really good, two and done kind of thing. Well, uh, that's not I how I like, was
2: talking about it. You were saying, oh, I okay, might not okay. get my one. That, uh, that's what I was. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm saying, like, I think, especially when you're playing Jet and
0: Chamber, you have the potential to get one and fuck off and full reset. Mm-hmm. And then you get into your, oh, maybe I get one here on a, like, on a, as we were just talking about with an off, how you probably should rotate it off. Well, you know what? You have no more bullets in the clip you can reload, and while you're thinking about how you're reloading, it's like, well, yeah, maybe I should go to a different site right now and hold the other avenue. Mm-hmm. And then might be a bit harder in ranked, where, like, it's hard enough to get people to rotate, ideally in ranked. People either, and I'm guilty of this myself, uh, rotating either too fast or not anchoring properly, or hey, I just gotta pick C. Like, Hunter, why don't you come pick up C and I rotate B? You know? Because I think they might fall off of C because they know I've got an AWP, or in this case, an Outlaw. Um, I think they might rotate off because it's like a long angle that's very advantageous to the scope rifle. Why don't you pick that up as Killjoy, and then I'll move over and pick up B? Um, Like, and maybe we can get that done in Premiere, but I don't, like, I think they're rotating off when you're playing an AWP agent on either Jet or Chamber. Um, is this kind of difficult in ranked due to well comms and general team play? It's possible, but like you know,
2: I I just had an idea, Cass. This is a bit of a okay. Eureka moment, perhaps, maybe not. It feels cool to me. There is some potential for two outlaws, two people with outlaws, holding the same long angle. Now, what you do is you have the first person who kind of has to be a chamber or a jet to get the most use out of this swing wide. And then you have the second person hold extremely tight. Now, the person, the jet or chamber is going to be patient and really try to land their shots. The person who's holding tight is like right on the corner with their crosshair. And the minute they see anything, they're just dumping two bullets down range. Maybe they're even hitting the wall bang. Doesn't really matter. So that way, the person who's out wide is hopefully just taking the duel with one person, because the person who's holding tight is killing the second person who would be swinging that. And then the first person dashes out, oh, yeah. and then the person who's holding tight hopefully can just leave. I mean, maybe, but like that's also
0: equally as viable in marshals. Like I do it with Alex a lot when we force by marshals. It's I don't know not if you've noticed
2: during our premiere games all that much. Oh yeah, I mean like... the, the double marshall is good as well, and also a lot less money. But yeah. I think the big thing is that the. You know, while the wide swing is, you know, somewhat debatable on whether you'd prefer to have a marshal or an outlaw it might not be that big of a difference. It's the person who's holding close and is just blam blamming at the corner that you'd much prefer to have the outlaw. Because you know you're not going to, you you shouldn't be as the close person getting immediately one tapped because your person who's out wide is taking that duel first. And eh. your two tap kills anyone. Eh. So, like, um, I don't know. I think there's some, but, I guess regardless of how good sure. it is, we're both going to be using the Outlaw. We should try it out some,
1: is what I'm saying.
2: Well, okay, I'm saying, but, like, maybe you shouldn't buy the Outlaw. Well, we're, we're going to be doing
0: it, so let's see how well it One buys the Outlaw, and the other
1: person buys a Vandal or a Phantom, and they just <laughs> yeah. get the one shot on the 10 HP target. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, why, yeah, yeah why, wouldn't,
0: why wouldn't the person holding the tight angle just buy, like, any gun that is somewhat accurate at range and just, like... Yeah, like Blade is saying, just, any damage you do before I shoot the target gets me a kill. And then if I body tap them, you have the freest kill of your life. Well, that's that's fair, but Fuck like... It. buy an Ares, motherfucker, it's cheaper. Well, no, There I,
1: we go. I, and an no,
0: Ares is your kind of gun.
2: The way I'm saying just like, maybe you shouldn't ever buy an outlaw, ever. You know, here's what I'm I saying, Cass. What I'm saying is, the person yeah. who's holding tight doesn't have visual on the person who the wide swinging player is, is seeing. And yeah. the person who's wide swinging is at risk of, and I got nice, another beer, the juicy truth. Very cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's the hazy one from the past. Mm-hmm.
2: And the person at wide, their risk is they take their two shots and now they're exposed to the person swinging, you know, the close angle. So that that's, that's the synergy that's happening there that, you know, you can kill a person by shooting them in the elbow through a wall with the outlaw with two shots that you can't with a phantom or a vandal. That's, yeah, that's the, the synergy, potentially. Is it perfect?
1: Okay. No, not necessarily.
2: I, I I think you might be an idiot,
0: but okay, moving <laughs> on. Um,
1: so, one thing cool. I will say about your thought about um, getting like two 140s on people, mm-hmm. or actually two things um, the 140s on people. Yeah. I'll just say Sky's eating fucking good right there because <laughs> she Sky needs to be he, even yeah. fucking strong.
2: Mm-hmm. Sky is eating real good. Uh, I mean, Sage uh, but... as well is significant in that scenario, although I not would as say good say Sky.
1: Better I mean,
2: Sky is better because like, is... you can heal both at once. Yeah. So like, you're not wrong. I'm just saying that Sage is, is also just better. better. I, mean, I
0: mean, Sky is just great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sky right. clears. Sky is yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: the other thing I'll say is that like uh, when it comes to that synergy you're talking about, lots of times, uh, yeah, I think I think there is like space for two outlaws but I think it's just so much more consistent to have like a vandal or something there where like it's easy to be like okay well I just need like the one shot on this person then I can like go to the other person um and also uh when it comes to like the Jets in the chambers of the world I feel like if I'm playing chamber like I will just double tap and then TP away I'll never like try to save my shots I just oh yeah no, you no, want to be yeah. as fast ball as you just like pop pop go out as fast mm-hmm. as possible because it's like I want to minimize whatever chance I do have of being traded. Like, exactly like an op. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same thing as an op, where you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I take my one shot and go out versus I take my two. So,
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about, I was talking about, like, a very small change in mentality. I wasn't suggesting you do something fundamentally different than when you're opping. It's just Mm -hmm. that, like, my idea is... There's still a, there's still a difference in brain processing time between I see the outline of the person and my crosshair is on target versus I see something happening on my screen I just pull trigger twice and that's what I'm saying yeah. the person who's holding close mm-hmm. should do because like because the idea is you're pointing at the right of the corner you might be wall someone you don't even see yet um, yeah that's fair it, yeah. that's that's yeah. sort of my idea with that yeah
1: it, it's all it's okay. so okay. contextual
0: yeah but okay, uh, so moving on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we got some deadlock After an changes. an
1: hour and a half, you
0: know? We got no some, some pseudo-confirmed deadlock changes yeah. in this thing. Uh, number one. They're in the PB, her, so yeah, pretty close to confirmed. Her thingy. Barrier the, mesh. The X-, wall. the X. Yeah, the wall is fucking ginormous. <laughs> yeah. Thing number two. It's like double the fucking size. It is like, massive. It's fucking huge. Uh, yeah. and thing number two, um, well, okay, also, she can redeploy her machete. Sorry, I, I don't know any of fucking Deadlock's abilities. The Sonic Sensor um, is the one, is yeah. The, thank yeah. you. The Sonic Sensor, you can deploy and then recall, and also, it activates, and therefore, stuns a hell of a lot faster. Yep. And, before I go take a piss, and I let you guys discuss really quickly, I think Deadlock just got moved into the somewhat viable tier.
1: Uh, uh yeah, so a- uh what I would say is I'm I'm kind of curious with Icebox coming back which was like the only map where Sage was actually good. Mm-hmm. Like uh I don't know if you can test me on that at all Hunter.
2: <laughs> I-, I think that's that's fair to say. There are some teams running Sage other maps but not very often. Yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm.
1: a fair statement. So like it might be curious to see how Deadlock is on that. Uh I wouldn't say it take Sage's place, because Sage Wall is, like, the duel can't shoot through it, and like, blocks people from uh, moving up. Whereas, it sounds like, well, Deadlock has always been, you can shoot through it, you just can't move through it. So, I don't necessarily think it will move the needle on Icebox, because, well, before we talk about Icebox changes, which I'm unsure about 100% in terms of what it will change. Yeah. 100, uh, totally. Yeah. Um, but I do think having these wider range things should help a lot because people will need to just, um, well, there's been so many times where I've been playing and it's like so easy to just shoot out one of the, the leafs, if that makes sense. Yep. There's like four leafs that spread out. Uh, it's so easy to just shoot one of the leafs and then it's like, okay, well now I'm free and I can move on to site how I wish. That's not an option anymore. If you're trying to like block off, bind, be long, you're shooting... You have to shoot the center orb. And you have to be more out for it. Um, Because I bet even now you can kind of conceal the center orb more where people are going to have to swing out to even shoot it. Mm -hmm. Because before, you'd have to put it in the center where people will still probably be able to take an okay angle where they're probably only being peaked from one angle versus a billion angles. But now, that's not necessarily the case. Um... I don't necessarily think she's going to be viable, but I think it's just a problem with how I would call them stalling sentinels are good. Like, I just think... And that they're not. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they're not good. good. (laughs) Stalling sentinels, like Sage and Deadlock are just not how the game is played right now. And, like, some of it is Deadlock's fault because I think Renee's honestly pretty fine now with the changes that they did beforehand, but... It's very niche, like Sage's niche, compared to what a KJ or Sentinel or Cipher can provide,
0: mm-hmm. right? Well, I I think people like a lot when it comes to like the quote unquote stall Sentinels. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to people always bring up like flank watch, right? Um, and yeah. like obviously yeah, that's my a use one of them. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's an important thing when it comes down to. You know, you playing your attacking half, but then oftentimes, like, I don't know, anytime Chase falls back to play uh, Molly lineup as Brim, it's like, well, guess what? You're the fucking flank watch now, motherfucker. Um, right, right. And right. I yeah. feel like Deadlock now is actually really good at stalling slash just outright stopping retakes. That's yeah, I mean, a I can point. see it. How how often do or does the other team flank? And obviously that's going to come down to a lot of the times, yeah, when the other team sees that you're running a, a Cypher, they're like, oh, well, like, the flank isn't super viable here. Like, he's got his trips up. It's going to be hard to, like, am I going to be able to break that and then stall enough time for my team to create pressure such that, like, no one's watching it, or is my team going to get enough kills that whoever is watching flank can no longer only worry about flank, and, like, things like that. But, like, I I think there is something to be said now about the fact that I think a lot of Deadbox Utility is really, really fucking good at stalling retakes. Yeah. um, And, like, that's her job now on attack, uh, uh, whereas on defense it's, like, her job has always been to counter... Or, like, on the defensive half, her job has always been as, like, uh, counter-meta to dive agents, being Raze and Jet. And, like, I think she is going to do a somewhat more viable job of that, to the point where I I do think there is now a world in which you consider running a... um, a deadlock on maps where either flanks aren't super viable or there is someone who is already playing a role in which they can somewhat easily watch flank. Um, uh,
1: what I will say you know. is that I think flank watch as a concept it's important but sure it's overrated or I think it's a little bit overrated. Oh I agree. Like, Think about uh, I'm going to use Bind as an example like Cypher's Haven when it comes to just putting that, tr- uh, that trip in market yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, man, that's so important. But the thing is, you're going to have someone kind of back there or, like, it just basically knows, like, it doesn't replace a body being there unless this yeah. person's just, like, the biggest rat in the universe playing in market waiting to swing off of the trip, which shouldn't happen.
0: Also, so that's not at that how point, they should you have be. a body there anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're going to have a body there regardless to actually have 100% value on the flank watch mm-hmm. because a flank watch where you don't require a body is fucking completely broken. Like, if you don't need to be there to kill them, yeah, totally to exactly. neutralize it, yeah, yeah it'd be exactly. broken. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, <laughs> flank watch is definitely important, but I think <laughs> it's kind of like yes. a, a band-aid <laughs> for not playing yeah, it, the game but correctly.
0: It, but it gives you info, right? And like, It's I just think like early really
1: warning on it.
0: Yeah, it's an early warning. And like, Bind, as Cypher, I fucking hate yeah. putting my trips, like double trips to like cover the full flank. Which like, because first of all, it's very rarely that people ever hit them or break them to begin with. And then on top of that, like especially when we're hitting B-Site and I put up my, my trips to watch Flank, it's like, half the time they fucking come through the TP anyway. I mean,
1: that's that a are there. thing of flank watch, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, half the time they come through the TP and we fucking know they're there. I'm like, alright, cool. Hookah is now not safe. safe. Um, And like, that's exactly what my trip was going to tell me, because no one's fucking back there to like, claim a kill off that. It's like, oh yeah, Hookah's not safe anymore. Which, admittedly, can be very fucking nice. If the other team's flanking a lot, it's like, hey, but like, it, it's kind of, a like a catch 22. Like if you have a flank watching agent, they're not going to flank as much. Yeah. And therefore you're not going to notice the effect of your flank watching You YouTube.
1: Yeah. One I thing flanks. I would say, uh, flank watch is kind of like a, an early warning system to tell you that, oh yeah, you need to watch the flank more. Yeah. Uh, cause I could, there's so many times where it's like, if I'm not having a flank watch on my team and you get punished, like you won't get punished the first time because of the flank watch, because you have the cypher or the KJ. Um, so it's like, maybe it kind of counters the first round, but after that, you know that they'll like to flank.
2: Yeah. I think the thing that I I, I have a, a counterpoint to that, which is that, I I agree that flank watch at times might be overrated and that perhaps a good you know, uh, uh, area denial sentinel could be a reasonable option. However, I do think you're underestimating the value of flank watch, like in particular in the situation of Haven that you're discussing, because
1: or bind. Yeah, but... well,
2: well, I actually I think bind is because of the teleporter. It's in it's in a it's in a bit of a unique situation where it's kind of yeah, tough, sure. especially as cipher, for you to get a trip that is simultaneously early warning and also is covering you know both the short and TP avenues. Uh, in fact, it can't really be done. You kind of have to choose one or the other. Um, so I'm thinking more about the Haven case of uh, attacking a site um, that you know. The the idea that, well, you don't need the flank watch because someone is there is sort of assuming that person will be in lobby whenever the flank comes through. And while that's a best-case scenario where, you know, they're your smoke character, they're your brim, they sit there, they throw down smokes, and then they're in position for Molly. Like, there are plenty of times where you would love for the brim to be able to push up with the team to help with the hit, to trade people out in sewers or long. And then go back to that position after sight is getting safely planted. uh, After spike is getting safely planted, because if it turns out there were three players on A because they anticipated an A hit, and your brim is chilling in lobby the whole round, now you're in a four v three taking sight, which is not super favorable to the attackers. So I think that having the flank watch there allows you to, you know, at certain times in the round, depending on how the round plays out, not have a body there and not get screwed by someone coming through when you don't expect it. Now I heard none of Hunter's argument because
0: I was grabbing myself another drink, but I fully agree with everything that he just said. Oh, thank you, um, thank you, which 100%. is very rare. And also, like, well, I just caught the very trail end of it, and like, yeah, I would rather spend the two hundred dollars to cipher to put a trip up on flank and it never get fucking used and know, hey, all five of us can be worried about CT slash heaven.
2: Right, right. We can. All I mean, be that, is, the thing that, that is that is, is a benefit.
0: Yeah, that is uh, two hundred credits well fucking spent.
1: Yeah, I I think what I was saying earlier is that, like, I think I'm not denying that ability, I'm just saying in terms of once that trip gets, like, used once, now you're constantly going to be kind of a little bit worried about it. In terms of how often are they going to be there? And plus, you kind of need to be in position to be there as well. And plus, you don't know about other characters, such as, like, an Omen or, uh... a Jet who can updraft past it, whatever. Yeah. But knowing that it's been tripped once, it's just kind of like a, oh! They actually will flank me! Wow! They're playing correct!
0: <laughs> no, but also, that's just, like, a... But I don't have to, like, again, barring the Omen TP and Jet shenanigans, um, or whatever agents have other shenanigans to get past that, um... Most of those shenanigans shenanigans
2: have an audio cue, so theoretically... Yeah, yeah, number one shenanigans have an audio cue, usually.
0: Now, I know if you're going to brim smoke off a chamber trip, and you're dropping another brim smoke at the same time that you do that, well, that would be really fucking hard to hear, granted, but also that's a part of the downside of playing chamber, um... With the, oh, like with, a a,
1: jet... with the A with uh, A example on Haven, yeah, that's more where I was thinking like audio cues don't matter as much because the person who's watching Flank is going to be playing long for lobby. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely value in Flank Watch. I'm not denying it, and I mm-hmm. don't want people yeah. to assume that I'm just being like Flank Watch is worthless. That's that's not what I'm saying. It's just mm-hmm. I think lots of times it can be overrated in terms of. What it provides to the team. Yep. Um, but I do think having that little bit of extra when it comes to attack sentinels, well, I mean, like sentinels on attack usually aren't that great, anyways. So that's usually better than nothing.
0: Yo, and I, I, I fully agree with you. Like, I, yeah. I fully agree that, at and especially given the fact that I've played a lot of fucking Cypher this last act.
1: Yeah, fucking that, nerd. Ooh. Yeah, I know,
0: right? Uh, dude, I've got so many one-ways now that I never get to fucking use because my team just kills everyone before I get to use my one-ways for plant oh, on attack. Oh,
1: man, I'm just uh, winning dude, all dude, these like, rounds fucking, of Valorant.
0: Oh, Stop dude, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I've got, like, actually fucking goaded one-ways for post-plants on, on Breeze, and I, like, never get to use them. Um, but, okay, at any rate, all of that aside... I think it does come down to a bit of a chicken and the egg kind of situation. Are they not flanking as much because I'm playing Cipher, and versus, well, if I was playing Deadlock instead, assuming I am equally good at Deadlock, which is not a fair assumption okay. at all, but like let's just make that one. Mm-hmm. Um, just
1: to go to Deadlock, I already know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just like well,
1: John Gare's maybe three
0: Maybe they would flank a hell of a lot more... If I was playing Deadlock... Instead of whatever... Or like... Say fuck it... I say screw Team Cop... And just go Jet... And we're running fucking Triple Duelist... Well maybe they would flank a hell of a lot more... Because they recognize that we don't have a Sentinel... Um... And... You know what? There's always going to be that aspect in play... And maybe they will flank... Maybe they won't... Who the fuck knows... But... All of that aside... I think that... On Attack... Deadlock now serves a viable purpose in terms of when we do take sight, which a Sentinel is never going to be the person, or well, let me reiterate, a Sentinel should never be the person that gets you sight in the first place. Right. So you're relying on your team for that regardless. Deadlock now does a very good job of making it just that much harder for the enemy team to do a standard retake. And, like, say you're playing a Retake C on Haven. Well, that just got a hell of a lot harder. Right? Like, your mm-hmm. op agent, your Jet, was playing C. We forced Jet off the angle using whatever initiator slash duelist utility we had. She fell back to CT. We have C. It just became that much harder for them to retake. And yeah. we can afford to keep one person... Like, one person can hang long anyway... On C, because we're probably planting for C long, Um, and so watching flank is like somebody's already kind of doing that.
2: Um, And then on top of that, then the round gets chaotic, and then you can't get back there because you need to support your team, you know, or someone flanks really fast as a neon fucking. Sure, sure,
0: maybe like yeah, yeah, sure. There are caveats to it, but there are caveats to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just think that like she now has a place. Whereas before, she didn't. Uh, And if you've got very... If you're building a team comp, assuming equal skill level, that has a very strong site exec, and you can afford to have somebody generally watching flank, then I think Deadlock is actually very viable now. Her stun goes off really fucking fast now. And they can be redeployed based on how you need them, along with the fact that her barrier mesh, or whatever you want to call it, is that not her fucking nade? No, Barrier
2: Mesh uh, is definitely her, her
1: wall. Okay,
0: sure.
2: Her wall is fucking giga-huge. Uh, yeah, like, it's, it's not... Insane. Like, that can block off a lot of fucking
0: space now. Like, it, unlike say- a Sage...
2: Yeah, Gravenet is her nade. Okay.
0: Like, unlike Sage that can only, like... Block off one given angle, this cannot block off a fuck-ton of shit. And also span a much larger gap than Sage Wall can. Um, and yes, you can shoot through it, so I was going to get to this in a sec, but like as Blate was saying, like you're just kind of like getting back to what Blate was saying right when we started this. I still think Sage is going to be necessary on Icebox, because you can't shoot through the wall to get Plant down, and that's a huge fucking part of Sage. You can't shoot through the wall. But I think Deadlock now has a place.
2: Yeah, I, I will Kinda. say, I'm not sure if I agree with you, or Cass, no. but I'll say one thing to kind of support what you're saying, which is that due to people not playing Deadlock, I think that there is a one very strong thing that's going to be incredibly obvious, and we're going to see a lot if Deadlock is played more, and that is a sonic sensor like pointing right at the bomb when, you're, uh, when you've planted the bomb, because that completely negates any of the problems with it as a flank watch tool, where you have to make noise to defuse the bomb. And in the chaos of the moment, it's going to be, you know, pretty difficult to, you know, figure out where that sound, the sonic sensor is and shoot it. That's not going to be the easiest thing to do, mm-hmm. particularly since, unlike a Cypher trip, you know, it can be a decent distance away from the bomb as long as it's pointed at the bomb. And the fact that, you know, you tap Spike and then you get concussed, you know, I would say that's the best piece of anti-Spike uh, uh, defuse denial that a Sentinel has, aside from KJ's mollies.
1: Um, um, which is pretty, what I was going to, what I was going to say is like, I, I agree that she's going to be strong in post plants, uh, which I think that's never been contested. I think what Riot's doing is more, um, just like turning up her post plant ability and her whatever ability to like 11, like what she does have versus, other characters are way more versatile. Cause like, I think she was good in the post plant beforehand. Like she wasn't, she wasn't, or she was good, but she wasn't spectacular. Now I think she might be in the spectacular at post plant tier. Like they're just kind of like making what she's good at even better versus making her more versatile, I, which is I why think I'm cool. more hesitant. I mean, I, I agree that it's good. It's just, I'm, questioning the place in the meta overall Mm -hmm. in terms of how much it's useful versus having a flank watch which i'm not saying is like the greatest thing in the world obviously Mm -hmm. don't want to sound hypocritical uh but it's just now she's before she was a a nine now she's like an 11 at that yeah, that makes sense. Like on a scale of one to ten, she's she's the yeah, goat but, at post plant. I'm not but sure if she's, she's better than KJ.
2: We'll, we'll have to see on that. Oh, one. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. I think now she might be. But just, also, like, I'm not. I'm not saying and, she isn't. I'm just not sure. I okay. think there's still and like
0: them. I'll like blade I totally understand what you're getting at, but I think that like that that is something that she needed because I I don't think it's like oh you're a sentinel you have to watch flank.
1: I agree. right? Uh, like,
0: I, And I think that's a stupid ideology. And mm-hmm. if you took out the roles from the game entirely, and you just viewed agents on what it is that they bring... <clears throat> oh, sorry. What it is that they bring to the team, I think she now brings enough to the team to warrant play in some situations. And we'll have to see how this all breaks down in pro play and the very top tier of the meta, but like for the 99% of us that play this game, I think she just entered the realm of you can main deadlock and that's now okay. Whereas before there would be some question marks next to that. I mean, I I wouldn't agree with
1: that at all, or I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, Lots of times when I'm looking at this stuff I am looking at the top play because I'm a fucking nerd that loves the esports yeah, aspect hey, of the I, game. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh no. where it's just uh lots of times when it comes to the characters that are played in like the esports meta is that they're usually very generalist agents unless they are so strong at their one thing that it can literally not be ignored. Like Chamber was so strong at Holding down the one thing. Well, the thing is, you could also watch flank watch too. So that's not yeah. even necessarily one hundred percent relevant. But these characters have to either be so strong at what they do, or they have to kind of do everything mm-hmm. to be picked at the highest level. And I like—I just don't think deadlock will ever be at that level unless it's like a very niche strategy, or if it's like sage where it's kind of required to function on the map yeah which is
0: um... I I I see what you're saying um and to to take a step farther from this there are a couple other changes in the game that have been well okay at least KJ turrets uh radius has been nerfed to a hundred fov
2: instead of 180 100 degrees instead of 180 yep
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, you're right. FOV is slightly different, but,
2: yeah, basically she gets,
0: like, yeah, it's 100 instead of uh, 180, so you have to be slightly more particular about where you place it. I don't play KJ, so I don't know how many things this fucking affects, but I'm sure... It matters for some
1: things, but not many. I think it's just like a slight thing to kind of trim down on the edge cases where it's like, why does KJ turret spot me there? That's kind of... Yeah. I don't think and, it's going to change yeah. anything, really. Um, yeah, but I think we should really get onto the map stuff. Uh, well, in terms, right, of... right before
0: we do that, I've got a few yeah. more things to offer. Like the map stuff is in the on Gosh, the northwest here. Gotta be that way. Um, but the I know that like cipher tripwires have also been uh, rumored mm-hmm. to be nerfed in some capacity, and Very,
2: we don't really, know what yeah, that I'm is yet. That. Yeah. Oh,
0: I, I've seen a I've seen the tweet on that that cipher. Tripliers are getting a nerf. They're, they're pretty best. good at the moment. My God. Yeah. So uh, I well,
1: think they're a little. It's a little bit deserved.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we can now admittedly, i have been playing a fair amount of Cipher lately, but like, Cass's agents all get nerfed. Yeah. I still feel like
1: I, I don't. Cipher before it was cool, so you know.
0: I mm-hmm. don't get to reap the benefits of my own trips as well as my team gets to reap the benefits of my own trips. And fuck you, I don't want an assist. I was shooting at that asshole too. I just had to pop the cage so that we wouldn't die, and you didn't, yeah. and therefore your crosshair's in the right place, and fuck you, that's my kill. Welcome um, to being
1: the Sentinel, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've said, you said yeah. it so no, many yeah. times, yeah, you know. That's like, like a full right? Rip Bozo moment.
0: My, my <laughs> fucking Sentinel experience pre-Cypher has been Chamber, in which it's no, nah, fuck you. That's my kill, motherfucker. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. like I got that kill before you even knew there was a person
2: there.
0: Mm. Um, but also, yes, okay. Lotus, Lotus changes. Um, Terrible. Overarching. Well, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, <laughs> I, I somewhat kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit agree, but um, overarching theme. I think Chamber's kind of good, and I'm gonna start fucking one trick in Chamber on Lotus. Oh, okay, that's not where I, I was going. I think Chambers actually go. really, I'm like, I do not like playing Cypher on Lotus. The C take is too fucking easy, and, or, well, okay, let me rephrase that. When you're actually fucking hard-taking C, Cipher shit does not do enough at the angles Cypher is able to play at due to util coming in that you can effectively hard-shut that down. What I mean is, everybody in their fucking mother plays Rays, and the angles that I'm going to be standing in to try and get value off my trips and my cages and my cam, a lot of the time just get countered by Rays.
2: Yeah.
0: Um.
1: But well, I mean, Lotus was a KJ map for sure, 100%. Beforehand, oh yeah. Anyways, so... yeah, but I
0: don't play KJ, so fuck well, yeah.
1: Thing. Just um. Get but better. also,
0: well, <laughs> yes. But also, chamber, chamber's back on the menu. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Chamber's gonna be good. Um, they added fifty-fifties everywhere. Uh mm-hmm. B site has a fifty-fifty now. C site has a fifty-fifty now. Outside of breakable, in the direction of A,
2: there is um. There's like a pseudo fifty-fifty, yeah.
0: Well, there's just more cover. Before it was you had to be playing chamber?
2: Oh oh sorry, yeah. I thought you meant well, inside I... breakable room. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Oh no no, outside
0: there oh, is no. breakable a small... room they added. Yeah, There's breakable room they added a 50-50. 50. Yeah. But, it's a like,
1: small barely nothing. Outside
0: changed, Yeah, outside of breakable they added well more of a ninety degree angle and some boxes for cover. Um and I feel like that used to be an angle that only chambers and maybe Yoru's. Could play it.
1: Raina's too.
0: Uh yeah, but where does Raina go yeah, where do you go when you bro? dismiss?
1: Well yeah. Raina dismisses into breakable. That's what Raina she...
0: can't dismiss through Breakable.
1: Well, she I I thought she'd break it beforehand.
0: Okay. Somebody's gotta break that then. Which, like, yes, there right. are many times where it's jet and I'm trying to get out of there, and I'm like, I calm to whoever's playing B. Like, I need you to break this shit as soon as possible.
1: Because yeah, I yeah. might
0: have to dash out of here. But I think it's very strong for defense to have that there. Like, I think defense would prefer breakable be unbroken. Um. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I see that as now an area in which other agents can kinda sort of play in and, you know, maybe be like, hey, like, if I get hard cleared right here and util dumped on, like, I got a good chance of getting my one, which as we talked about earlier in the pod is maybe not ideal, but it's better than getting your zero. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think there's some viable stuff going on there. I like that change. Mm -hmm. A site now does not have an inner tube and just has a cubby back site. I like that. Now it's
1: like a C kind of like icebox, I think is the best way to put it. You're just like, imagine icebox B site where it's just... There's that little cubby inside of the the tube.
0: Oh, from attacker side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah
1: that's, I but now it's for defense instead of attackers. Yeah.
0: and I like that change. I think that's a good change. It gives defenders a bit more room to play in, and you have to peek way farther into the angle before you get to take a duel on somebody who's tucked there. I think that's good. Um, the C and B changes as a defender, I very much like. But considering that I also have to play attack on that map 50% of the time, eh, it's like they just made the judge so fucking viable on that map, and I fucking hate that.
2: I mean, the judge is already pretty viable on the map, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna just come out and say it, I, I don't know that I'm gonna go into a ton of detail on this, uh... But I feel like both the changes to Lotus, like all of these changes, and the changes to Icebox, which we have yet to get into, almost every single one removes a unique feature of the map that's significantly different from other places, because people are uncomfortable being pushed outside their comfort zone, and it just makes it more standard. Uh, I think the best example is the changing the angle going up to A, where now all of a sudden... You know, it's a very awkward place to stand. So either you have an, a, an escape or you're confident in playing there and having team support. And I think the fact that now, oh, it's just a normal-ass angle, that's that's stupid. Like, leave the things about the map that make it special and different. And honest, honestly, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Pro of Lotus lately, but I felt like A-Site was uh, a very interesting thing to contest because the offense had a bit of an advantage, but the defense could also, given the choke that the offense has to come out of, definitely push up and do some damage there. And I think I thought it was appropriate that the defense couldn't necessarily retreat too easily from that because it's so advantageous that the defense is able to gain that space. I no, I, I do think that yeah. like I get what you're saying, but I do think
0: that the map was too attacker sided. Slightly. Perhaps we, we've had we've had circumstances in Premiere in which we were we got fucking tossed. I, it's the one game that we forfeited, right? We got right. fucking dicked on our defensive half of that map. And then we started mounting a comeback, and we're like, oh, hey, we don't have time to see this through because we right. won't get a second game in. And we forfeited that game. But, like... And then we started playing I, I the same
2: think, team again, right? That was the same day. And then
0: we, and then we ended yeah. up playing the same team again. And we won. And that's what it is. <laughs> but, like... Right. But that's how it, like, I feel like that's just a lot of the times how Ascent played, is like, it, it was just a Ascent, you know. Lotus. Yeah. Sorry, Lotus, yeah, mm-hmm. my bad. Um, And my tracker doesn't do that justice, based on the fact that I've played mostly Cypher on that map, but like, it's a, ah. Uh, like, I, I do think defense was too strong.
1: Or attack was too strong. I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah, my bad. Attack was too strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um Um I'll I'll kind of give the response as the uh the pro a lot of these changes. I think there was some unique parts, but I think a lot of it made it to where it was like too hard for a three site map to actually do anything. Um I know Hunter you were talking about hating the uh the change by breakable. But the thing was the problem was that you had to basically gain 100% control of rebel to actually have any control of a before going in. That was just so hard. You had to basically guarantee three people or just commit to playing retake on a to even try to do anything there. You had to put so much utility down there to kind of stuff them Because otherwise, you couldn't take any of the neutral space. It was just yeah, uh, like before. It was either you're sending three down there fighting instantly, or you're just watching uh, from like the a stairs kind of area, being like, oh well, they're coming a. Guess we're playing retake.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that was appropriate because it still was relatively feasible to fight that, assuming you're willing to commit the bodies as the defenders, and you can do a lot to fake that you're doing that as well. Um, but I, and okay. it, the benefits of claiming that space of the defenders are so huge. That's viable if you play the right agents.
0: And that's a big fucking ask in wreck.
1: Yeah, rank. I think it was just so hard. Like, you needed a breach. You needed raids. In a raise, yeah, raise for sure, yeah. And like you needed to nade that instantly to be able to fuck do anything, raise,
2: dude. Yeah, fuck raise. I think at yeah, the rank level you can just sky wanna, outside of lobby. Dude, I don't want to raise on right my up. team, man.
0: I want to play chat Like yeah, but, but yeah, no, right. like like yeah, like I I think you needed a very specific subset of agents to like do that. And you know what? In pro play, you get that. Because you're a professional fucking team, and someone on your team is going to play Raze, and if they don't play Raze, guess what? Someone's fucking learning how to play Raze because it's what's meta. In ranked lobbies, you have whatever the fuck you got grouped into. Yeah. And I think that map control, as a defender on this map, was way too fucking hard when you didn't luck into these people play these agents.
1: What I will say is kind of interesting. It's like, Demon1 was like, he doesn't have a problem playing controllers, but he's playing fucking Astra on this map in Champs, because Joachimo's the better Raze player, because he, they needed him or, like, Raze is so important on this map, which isn't necessarily a problem in pro play, but... When, I think it's a great
2: thing. Yeah.
1: there There's there's some things, but, but if a Raze is always 100% necessary that's where i can kind of see having the problem like i think sage being 100% necessary on icebox is like kind of a problem you want some meta diversity and uh, i mean like i know you it's have problems with sage to be 100% of on the perfect.
2: one map where she's good
1: yeah i mean rage is good
2: that's a problem. but it's like no i extra do think that's a i do think that's a problem I, I think absolutely... If an agent has a fairly low pick rate, I think it's absolutely fine if they have one map in which they're dominant. I don't think... Okay, but I don't
0: like dominant versus... Required? Mandatory.
2: Yeah. like Well, nothing is ever truly mandatory. It's happened so much okay, in the no, no, no Because
0: I feel like on, on, Ice, on Icebox, Sage is kind of fucking mandatory. Same with Viper on Breeze. It was pre-Breeze changes, now there's some arguments, but I still think Viper's kind of mandatory. But either way, it's, like, Viper is fucking mandatory on that map, the same way that Sage is fucking mandatory on Icebox.
2: Well, I think and the difference there is that like, Breeze sucks on Icebox. Icebox, does it?
0: <laughs> <But> okay, <laughs> we can get into the Icebox map. changes later. Yeah. But, like, I don't think that an agent should be fucking mandatory to play the map. I mean... That but, is dumb. Yeah. Now, dominant is a different word, and I feel like a dominant... Yeah. mostly suits duelists?
1: I mean, movement duelists Uh, are just dominant in the meta in general. Yeah,
0: but, like, that has to do with a lot of the meta in general, but then outside of that, sentinels on certain maps, like, if Cypher has god-tier setups, or, like, a KJ has really fucking good setups, like, a set B, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, and you want to call them dominant, I feel like that's Fine, because, like Ascent being the biggest one in which KJ is really fucking good. I have I'm this act. I'm fucking six and zero on Cipher, on Ascent.
2: Right? Like, what what are, not- are you saying right now? PJ's not fucking mandatory on that map. You're, She's like, mixing dominant. your own ranked experience no, with, like, pro metas in the way that's most beneficial to you okay. with this argument. Because, yeah, in granted. a, set, a sense, is the stale meta in the pros where every okay. single agent is required. It is a five agents every single time on each team. Uh, there was There
0: was a little bit of swamp comp. Like, barely any. Out.
2: But, like, you know, it's oh, you, so so it's not PRX, one agent that's dominant, but PRX, it's five PRX, agents with 85% pick rate.
0: Map. What? Paper Rex brought Reyna onto that map and fucking dicked people.
2: Yeah, Paper Rex is really creative. Yeah. But like my, my point is, I don't you know see what? how, oh, it's, it, you know, one agent with a 100% pick rate is awful, but five agents with a 90% pick rate, oh yeah, that's totally okay.
0: I, I And I'm not saying that is totally okay. I'm just saying that yeah. I don't... don't you're like kind of aware, though. That's what you were no, like, oh, no, wow, no, I still no. win No, cyber. I'm saying, I think you're misinterpreting yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. I don't like the idea that to have any form of a control raises mandatory on Lotus. I think I, think I don't like to. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like that's that is different from saying raises dominant on this map in the exact same way as I'm sure we'll get to when we get to Icebox, however fucking long this podcast takes. That like Sage is mandatory on Icebox. I don't like that because Sage is mandatory to plant the fucking spike, the objective of attack. <laughs> requires you to have an agent that allows you to do that. The objective well, no, think... of defense, maintain map control, requires you, on Lotus to have a fucking raise. Well, or maybe
2: well, I think... just a like, god-tier offer. But, like, you know. Or other Uto. I think there are other ways you can handle that. And I think one of the biggest examples is the Neon stun, and Neon also being good on the map. There's just a, a huge problem with that and that's that neon is the way worse agent than raze. That raze at least you know raze has been tuned down a little bit since we last saw pro play. Maybe it's going to be better now, but i think i think the problem is that jet isn't as good on the map and that specific scenario warrants like you know certain kinds of util. I think neon should be a viable option instead of raze, however neon is just worse. So i think that's more that's less of a oh, you absolutely need this one piece of util and more that the specific scenario of that key part of the map happens to pair very well with one of the top agents in the game already, and that's what was making ma- raise the dominant pick. So I, I don't think the solution is, oh, well, you need to completely change the map. I think you need to nerf Raze. <laughs> and maybe it's been done enough. Maybe the Nade nerf is easier to run through now. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see.
1: Well, what I was going to say is that um, with Icebox, like, we haven't really had a, uh, like, kind of a Sage... Comparison type agent before mm-hmm. Harbor when it came to his Cove, which people were starting to experiment with before uh, Icebox was removed from the map pool. Uh, like around yeah, think, June answer. last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like um, so, like Raise or Sage was becoming less or one not necessary on Icebox, but there was like other options. I think there's no piece of utility. Like Raze's nade. I think in terms like mollys are kind of close, but I don't think they're the same.
2: Yeah, and um, in that scenario, yeah, I, I don't think a molly is the next best option. I yeah. think breach stun, neon stun, astra stars to suck are all better options than a molly.
1: Yeah, but I don't think they like fulfill the same job as like a raise yeah. nade does. I,
0: I get what you're saying.
1: Um,
0: but well, raise alt.
2: Does a better job. <laughs> <of> just throwing <laughs> that out there. I mean, Crazy. to be fair, you have to take significantly more time <laughs> to pop Rhea's ult and get into position to shoot it to be able to deny that. I space. don't think you do. I think off barrier drop, you could
0: double satchel up in the air and just blam. Yeah, I think that's significantly more time than
2: throwing did. a nade would take, thus allowing. No, to I'm, get and past I think, it. but like, but also the I think the AOE would get you exact same value and just more guaranteed. If I but... cared at all about rays, I'd lab this out later, but I don't. <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. uh, but what I'll say in general is that when it comes to these 50-50s and stuff, like I know you're not as big of a fan on Attack uh, Cast, but yeah. I think these 50-50s, they help cipher a lot. They help a lot of agents when it comes to just being a little bit more secure in what they were doing. I don't think Seasight now is just like Raise one hundred percent necessary, or not raise? Uh, KJ one hundred percent necessary to just mm-hmm. have the double Molly C site. Now there's more space to play in C long. Now you have more cover in C long, or not C long? Uh, C site. Oh okay. Uh, you have just like you have more spaces to play as the defender, and more areas where you can contest. Because before oh, it was, was so speaking... obvious of where you were, you had to be playing in certain spots before 100% because before on C for example you had to be playing either like back by that like kind of staircase or on the pillar but now there's a chance that you're playing on the right side which can be uh which actually kind of allows for more drone-like agents to be useful uh, I mean, Sky's already meta, so Dog's going to be good, obviously. Yeah,
2: that's what we but really needed—more, more Sky. Yeah, we, we need more Asian Sky. Day.
1: Yeah, I love Sky. <laughs> Woo! Uh, but I mean, like Fade <laughs> has more use. Uh, Sova has potentially more use because you need to be able to clear that out. Because before, it's like I know where the people are. Have to play.
0: Okay, but Boombot can do that fairly effectively, and you're already playing raises. We established.
1: Well, maybe not now anymore, because there's mm. like the boom bots aren't, or like the nade stuff is still going to be good, but you're not going to have to like necessarily use that 100% for aiming because you have more areas. I think there's. This is a pretty substantial shift in how you're playing Lotus, and I think we have to see how it 100% plays out. Yeah. yeah. But I think. I think the meta got pretty stale. It was like either the Fnatic comp or the other comp that you were going to play. It was one or the other, like nothing, no variation in between. Mm-hmm. Or it was like the Viper comp or the Fnatic comp. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. The two. And like so, I, I agree with what you said.
0: Like I, and generally speaking, I do like these changes. I really don't like how the judge got pseudo buffed for this map. Yeah, Castle we be more opposite. Good on but all these other changes. maps, you know? <laughs> yeah, Talk but like... Uh, I, I do think yeah. that some of these changes added a lot of good areas that Chamber can play in.
1: Oh yeah, more I would agree. I wasn't disputing um,
0: that at all. Yeah, yeah. And like, I will be playing more Chamber now because I really don't like Cypher and like, I will play Jet, but oftentimes Jet doesn't suit the team comp on Lotus. I mean, and I, I feel think Cypher
1: like, might be better too. Honestly. Maybe okay, like, like actually uh, the B
0: trip the B trip got a hell of a lot better on
1: I mean both B trips did. And uh they're, well I mean like the uh, the breakable one is better now too.
0: Oh yeah, sure, but that one's like yeah, but I don't get kills off that, so I don't run that.
1: Yeah, true. It's all about uh, my personal experience. It's all about effect. my
0: personal oh, yeah. experience. <laughs> so like I wasn't running that one to begin with. Um mm, fair enough. But the B main one, got, there is actually now an unbreakable trip, which is jumpable. But if you're actually trying to push into B, someone's going to fucking hit that. And you can't break it until you swing the angle. So like that one got a hell of a lot better. Um, I don't know if the C setup as Cypher got any better. Because like, the problem that I always had with C as Cypher is like it's Cypher's best hold, by far, is C
1: sight. It's best hold.
0: Yeah. It's Viper's best hold and KJ's best hold. And it's really awkward to try to play off cipher trips on Seaside. Like really, really fucking awkward. Especially mm-hmm. when they have a race. Because the raise is throwing that
1: back water.
0: And now I can't be there.
1: hmm And but all now of a sudden you can be close right. Yes, close now left, I could be close right. But if
0: I'm playing close left and close or close right, my trips or I'm not getting value off my trips. I'm getting value off the fact that my gun is on this angle. Which any agent could technically do. But, mm-hmm. but I, mean, is, I
1: think it's better than like, oh, I need a Molly there.
0: Yeah, and like Safer has a really, really fucking strong cam on Seasite that I'm not even really gonna explain where it is because I'm very glad that most people don't know where it is because I can get three or four tags around off it, and people still don't know where the fuck it is, and I love that. on Lotus? Yeah, on Lotus. Interesting. There's, like, a really, really fucking... There's, like, a really, really fucking good cypher cam that nobody ever clears. Yeah, DM Um, Cass
2: in the Discord, 500 bucks, and he'll tell you where the cam is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm way cheaper than that fucking buy me a beer and I'll tell you who the cam is. (laughs) I was uh, upsetting to start then that you could give them the deal of a lifetime. Oh, oh, okay. For Uh, you today, you know, 90% off.
0: Yeah, it's like... And it's, it's rare because oftentimes, like, really good cypher cams, I won't dart people because I don't want you to figure out where this cam is. It's like, I'd rather just get info and ping. Oh, yeah. Um... And just be like, hey, someone's here, someone's here, someone's here. But like, I'm not gonna, or just try to like random wall bang them off where I know they are instead of tagging them because I don't want them to find out where the cam is. And there's one on Icebox, which I'm sure I'll bring back as Icebox comes back into the meta. That's like, either you know where the cipher cam is, or you don't, and you're never going to fucking find it as an attacker. Similarly to um, your one
2: on Sunset as well.
0: The Sunset one is interesting. Uh, but yes. It's kind of yeah. similar to that, but it's stronger on icebox in terms of, Okay, it's less strong in terms of my team being able to capitalize off it, but it's stronger in terms of the info I gain. Mm. Um however, I'm never willing to tag anybody with that camp. Because I like as soon as I do, you're gonna you know. have a general idea of where it's coming from, and there's only one spot that it realistically could be if you know the general idea where it is. Yeah.
1: Um, mm. But I think I think we should move on to icebox changes.
0: Yeah, we can move on to icebox changes here because uh, basically I've got a couple notes in the note tab here, and um, I'm not really gonna go through exactly what the icebox changes are.
1: I can give right. a quick rundown. Okay, if you if it. you got
0: a quick rundown,
1: so I mean, you can uh,
2: look them up. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. You can uh, look I mean, it's but...
1: it, it's easy enough. Uh, so if you know that one box, you can updraft up on uh, like defender spawn to kind of peek mid. That's blocked off now, so you can't even peek it from defender spawn. Wait, um, sorry,
0: you mean attacker?
1: Or attacker, yeah, yeah, attacker. Whoops, uh, did a really good <laughs> job of starting off mm. my synopsis by confusing everyone. Um, okay, also uh, when it comes to B main or green or whatever, uh, the one uh, crate that's kind of like suspended by the crane above, we have to like crouch. That is now up to where it's now like one box, or imagine that that green box isn't even there. Um in the pictures it kind of seems to be
2: irrelevant, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's high in enough the... to not
0: be relevant, yeah.
1: In the pictures it doesn't show uh, the uh, double box that was there beforehand, but it still exists uh, based on Sliggy's run through of the map. Uh, shout out Sliggy, my goat. Um and then uh, for main or for mid, they uh, widened uh, the little underpass under tube. And they added a window inside of tubes where you can either watch, like, kind of attacker mid, not necessarily attack or spawn. But if you're an attacker, you can watch uh, the rotate from defender spawn into A. So that's good. And they also kind of... That's lightened-
2: good? <laughs> I'm bite your tube. head off. Oh, man.
1: Uh, they also added a box in tube to kind of make it not as of a kill corridor for the defenders. And then uh, the last change is on, uh, like, Orange. Now Orange isn't, like, a, a two-way path around, like, these boxes in the center. Now they cut it off to where there's only one path into B-Site, um, which kind of... It's basically what they kind of did on uh, Fracture uh, Dish or uh, Breeze Mid... Where they basically were like, "No, two ways is too complicated. We're just going to give you one way to go through."
2: Yeah, and I think Valorant players can't count to two. That's that's the thing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all kind of stupid. Let's be real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, those are all the changes. No changes to A site or B site specifically, but more just kind of mid and B main. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's a good. So, summary. okay after Blake's summary here, I think Sage and Viper is still kind of necessary. Well, I'm actually just going to read off what I have written down in my notes tab here. Sage and Viper is still kind of necessary. There's the weird window and tube, which I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out, but it allows attackers to see into CT spawn, which is kind of sick for rotates if you can late work up that. But it also gives the defenders more of a avenue to early aggress mid but like be somewhat safe and then I feel like the viper orb mid is even more necessary as an attacker now Um, and that's what I've written down now I think that the, the reason why I brought up viper is I think the viper default wall on b site became even stronger due to the fact that it's uh used to be able to play as jet or chamber very aggressively, potentially even omen on top of one of those boxes or just in that avenue where that box or that container used to be. And um kind of just be very aggro there. And even if they put up the Viper wall, if no one's there, you know. That is just so much less viable now. Um yep. like you're very hard committed. To that angle. Um, Chamber can potentially. Drop a TP. On the other side. Of that unplayable area. Kind of towards where like B site. Cubby plant area is. And then maybe play ahead of the Viper wall. But I think that's. Pushing it a little bit. I just think that that Viper. Like the default Viper wall. Just adds so many questions for. The defenders. that you should still play Viper on that map. I think that's fair. And I feel like that did nothing to change that.
1: I and... think I agree, but I don't think Viper is 100% necessary anymore with them cutting off uh, Orange to be only one way instead of two. Um, now you can kind of smoke off that and, you can, and smoke off uh, Snowman. Uh, and kind of play more for Sight in general, which I think is... I think Viper is still probably going to be best in slot, if that makes sense, in terms of... If you're going to choose a controller, you probably want a Viper, but I don't think it's as crazy necessary as it was before. Kind of like the Breeze changes, where I think you can get away with not Viper, where before you couldn't.
0: See, I don't know if I agree with that. And, like, a lot of that might come down to the aspect of thinking about pro play instead of ranked, in which map control and just feigning presence in certain areas is a lot stronger.
1: Oh, in pro play, I think Viper's uh, necessary, but in solo queue, I'm not Yeah, or sure what I was... Okay,
0: like, and, like, I, I totally get that. Like, I think perhaps in... In solo queue, you can get away without playing Viper. But I think, I still think that, like, Viper's so instrumental to the idea of hitting B that it is almost fully necessary, even in ranked. Like, sure, in ranked, you can get away without having a Viper. It's not like pre-change Breeze, in which I'm dodging, unless you have a Viper on the team. Um hmm but like, I think it's still pretty close to that. It's like every time that we play attack side, I want that viper all up to feign. Maybe we're coming here because like, if we're not, I feel like the a hold is too strong. Like we need to keep. Or like, I feel like even in ranked, you need to feign some interest in B to keep people there. Otherwise, holding A is just too too good. And I feel yeah. like the biggest problem that Icebox had, which was mid, while it got some changes, I don't think that really did anything. I don't think any of the changes of mid incentivize me or anybody on my team really going into mid.
1: I think Late the orange or changes maiden. are big enough to incentivize it. Like, imagine you're just going mid, and you're smoking off, like, uh, normal mid and uh, kitchen window. Not the the tube one, to be clear. Um, Yeah. But now, like, going under tube is a perfectly viable option as a way to get through it. Because before, with that, like, ring-around-the-rosy-ass orange, as it was beforehand, like... Where are you looking when you're going under tube? You're you're just like asking to die going under tube. Now I don't, I don't think, think that's necessarily where is, the case.
0: Where is the KJ plant?
1: Well, is KJ still good on the map? The thing is, we don't know. It's.
0: I feel like well, okay, but like Cipher sure is
1: fuck isn't good on the map.
0: I Chamber
1: is I'm not one hundred percent sure. Cypher's bad on the map now. Because the thing is, think... we never played Cypher without the oh. extended Twitch or er, trip range. No, no, Cypher
0: had his extended trip range on that map. He didn't have any other changes. But he had the extended trip. Also, none of the meta trips is Cypher. You would even care about the extended range from default, I think. I'm trying to think of like what you played as Cypher. And I don't think I really played Cypher. Oh, no, I definitely did not play Cypher before extended trip. Like, extended trip was a thing when I first started playing Cypher, and I played Cypher on Icebox, because I had to for the challenge. And, I can tell you, there wasn't a lot of good shit as Cypher on that map. hmm He had his cam on B-site, and the B-site cam is kinda goaded. But, like, outside of that, the rest of his util didn't do dick. Um... And so, by default, of it not being a cipher map, unless the meta dramatically fucking changes, it's still a KJ map.
1: I don't think Sentinel is like that necessary on, or like I think the one necessary is uh Sage before. Yeah. Like I think KJ was just being played because. KG was just so much better than Cypher. Not sure. necessarily because...
0: Oh yeah, I, look, I, I don't think that's a Sentinel necessary map. Outside of Sage. Like, I think mm-hmm. you can play Sage Viper, KO, Sova, maybe, or Fade, Sky, any fucking duelist you want, if you even need a duelist. Like yeah, like I, I don't think it, I don't think Sentinel is necessary necessary on this map.
1: Mm-hmm. I, didn't well, I, I yeah, I do think Sentinel is really strong on this map in terms of because do you like holding? Well, I think there's like other there's been a ton of comps in pro play where it's like people are playing like triple Sentinel where they're playing Chamber Sage and another Sentinel. What? What? Huh? Yeah, there were there were comps where they were playing that. Are you talking about like? I, off-season stuff? I did. Wait, I I think you're no splitting... not off season.
0: I think you're smoking the devil's lettuce. I, I also think you are high as
1: fuck right <laughs> now. I mean, not off season.
0: Was... No, no, no. I, I, I think you found yourself a brownie that was maybe a little more special than you wanted. Yeah. Because I think that's some fucking cat.
2: bro,
1: like I, I don't, don't think on You Want me to go down the VLR sentinel. rabbit hole right now?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like I think. Yeah, yeah can, and I'm not talking about think... some tier two team overseas that did this. Like, yeah, yeah. No, like, I don't think like you're
0: gonna sure, find like, a single. I think like one, Team Liquid might have Sentinel done it. Comp. No, there's no way. There's no fucking way yeah. somebody played triple fucking Sentinel. Because you know they were playing Viper. So at this point, they're playing three and a half Sentinels. At that point, you might as well play four and a
1: half. <laughs> yeah. <they're> definitely...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one played yeah. triple okay, fucking Sentinel okay. Viper.
1: So, what I'm saying is that like the attack or er, Icebox is a map because the sightlines are so open, or, like, because, like, there's not really, like, choke points, you don't need a dash duelist as much as other maps. No, granted, you don't
2: need need a duelist on Icebox. Yeah, people definitely ran no duelist on Icebox. Yeah, no duelist. Yeah.
1: Because you don't need double, or you don't need duelist to get through, No
0: one ran Sage, Cypher, or Killjoy, and Chamber. That did not happen. You cannot prove me otherwise. In tier one, in tier one, okay, but like, I mean, you, like you can't prove me otherwise. That did not happen. Yeah, people because people were like, no, no they box, ran right? a fucking viper. Yeah, every team runs a viper, and every team runs a sage. And like, people, maybe wasn't you try K.O. To get K.O. fairly cheeky. strong
2: on Icebox as well?
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. maybe you try to get cheeky and drop the sage, and you run a harbor instead, and you ran Viper Harbor. But like, no one ever in the history of Icebox at a high level has ever run triple fucking sentinel. There is no yeah. fucking way.
2: Uh, I am with Cass on this one. It did not happen. I mean just taking sights would be so brutal, both because your going gets three sentinels.
1: No, no, I think because... that's the
0: whole I like I think that's the whole argument though of Icebox is that like you don't need a dolus because you can just kind of like be like, yo, I'm fucking walking here.
2: <laughs> well yeah, but I still feel like with the with the lack of controller and initiator utility that you're giving up, even if you take duelists and sentinels out of it, like i still feel like just you know, taking aim duels at the people who are like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to be walking here <laughs> <It> is <laughs> something to consider. I mean sure, some people are alpha,
0: but like yeah. not everyone's alpha here, so like, you know
2: I <laughs> was pretty smooth, not gonna lie.
0: I, I I actually think it's so funny how like he came out like post the last year's season and was just like, oh yeah, no, I hate playing Sentinel. Mm. I'm just really fucking good at it, so like I guess that's what I'm gonna do for the team. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny.
1: I mean, my my brain might have thought Viper, Sentinel, and Sage, but I guess okay. when I saw it, one playing like with a uh, chamber
0: no, okay. two, okay, I can see I can see the. The two, if you're counting, or I can see the two and a half. Yeah, yeah, maybe like Chamber Sage
2: Viper, and then you run AO yeah, yeah, yeah. like and someone else K- as your fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: or like mm-hmm. KJ Sage Viper. But like, there's no way somebody ran legit three Sentinels.
1: Yeah. And also, well, as I, I think there was one. I think there was one. No I might be, way. I might. No, um, you're, you're fucking. That would have been top trolling. of the Valorant
2: subreddit for you're like you're a fucking,
0: month. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking trolling. <laughs> but, like, I do think there is something to be said, as we are kind of talking earlier about, like, the stall Sentinels being, like, Sage and Deadlock. That, like, Viper just does that job almost equally as well.
2: And, yeah, that's actually, now that the yeah, Outlaw yeah.
0: is in the game, guess what, motherfucker? Viper Wall makes Outlaw a fucking op.
2: A super op, even. Yeah.
0: Because they nerfed they nerfed Viper Wall so that it wouldn't make the Marshal an op,
2: <laughs> Right, but it still makes the Outlaw an AWP. That's
0: a good point. And <laughs> then they brought the Outlaw yeah. into the game. So, like, if you walk through a Viper Wall, Outlaw kind of op status.
2: Yeah, damn, when I'm playing Breeze as Viper, I'm going to be buying an Outlaw. It's like, you want to walk through my orb? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's going to not end very well for Nobody you. walks through your orb on Breeze anyway. That is very true. I put it there that people are like, well, time to go to A. Yeah, exactly. Nobody <laughs> fucking walks through the yeah. orb anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: I walk through the orb sometimes.
2: Yes, and then complain that we don't follow you. Yes. Because the Molly has hit between you walking through and us being able to. Actually, I dash through it, so like... Exactly, but, right.
0: Yes. Um,
2: yeah. And
0: then, yeah, take the fucking damage, you pussy. Trade me. Fucking walk onto site and take the duel like a man. That's what I'm doing. In fact, I'm doing it even faster than you are. Yeah,
2: I'm passing
0: onto site and taking the duel.
2: And just to be clear, in terms of, like, Premiere, although obviously Breeze, we're never going to play that in a tournament, I don't think, in Premiere. Yeah. um, I would be fully okay with doing something like that as a change of pace strat. Uh, It's just that it really requires people to dial up how they're playing before the round starts.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's not even just, like, a Premiere strat. It's just, like, a... I'm fucking walking here.
2: Like, get your, I mean, get your ass over here to also walk here. <laughs> you know? I mean, all I'm saying is if I have my orb up and I throw Molly, a jet dashes through, I'm spraying through the smoke. If I'm Viper, like, you know, I'm getting kills if people are doing that against me. Yeah, yeah, but, like, also, as the jet, then I probably get the kill on you when you spray and reveal where you are. Well, I mean, hopefully I have a teammate in the vicinity who's helping me with that, you know. That's, that's a big ask in ranked. And I see the Blade is hard at work trying to prove us wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> My VLR searching is it's on its way.
0: It's coming up blank for a reason, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: I believe in footballists to prove me right.
0: All right. Well, you know what? It's been a long pod. Yeah. And that's all I got. I think we've mostly said it all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bunch of changes here. Um... Thanks for coming on, Blade. We appreciate it. Yeah.
1: yeah, no problem. I haven't, it's been fun.
0: I haven't touched Valorant outside of one game, and, like, I'm an honest... Likewise. I've them. been playing all kinds
2: of games that aren't Valorant. Yeah,
0: but, like, I, 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 I'm i excited to come back. I might I might genuinely give it a week. Like, obviously, I'm gonna jump in and play a few games when the Outlaw releases, just because, like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, new gun. <laughs> but, like, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give it a week so that everybody else's mentality goes from, hey, hey new gun to... Ah, okay, we should play the game now. Um,
1: That's some loadout races
0: instead is what I'm hearing, Cass.
2: Yo, buddy, you gotta catch up, man. I'm on E7. Where the fuck are you? I'm I'm still the closest to you of any of our friend groups, but you really gotta talk to Chase and Alex about this. I'm the least of your concerns, Cass.
0: Well, no, 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 this is a big concern because there are a couple people I don't want to do on E7 on my own.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay, I see. So it does make sense to target the person Allah. to you. <laughs>
0: Fuck playing Acrid E seven on my own. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Okay, well, I, I the... do,
1: actually. Before we go, I do have my one thing. Okay. There's a VLR thread. Nope. There's nope. The...
0: Nope. 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 Next, vetoed. Getting caught Hunter. out of the pod. <laughs> and, and the com. And, and, and with that, we'll drink you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>